Hello there and welcome to the Music and Film That Saves the World podcast. My name is Chris Rice and I'll be taking you through um, some of the things I love about music and films. And I'm joined today as uh, have been on the previous two podcasts, my good friend Gareth Jones. Hi Gareth. Good morning mate, you're alright? Hi, thank you. And uh, Gareth is the presenter of the great podcast Track One, Side One, which is uh, which you can download from your uh, usual podcast places right now. Subscribe to it; it's a great listen. And with this podcast, with my with this podcast, Music and Film Saves the World. Gareth and I like to concentrate on. We do rankings. We're going to do uh, commentaries. We're going to do talking about music and film, which is the things that we're passionate about. And the idea of this podcast is to chat to people that might not necessarily have a connection to the music and film industry but know their stuff, know what they like about music and film. So the first two episodes was Gareth and I ranking our top 20 albums of all time. We thought that was a good intro into what this podcast is all about. So whatever uh, your music tastes would be, it might turn you on or off our pod- this podcast. Um, and this week is going to be a two-parter, and this is going to be top 20 films. So in this first part, uh, Gareth and I will be ranking our numbers 20 to 11 um we've had we over the years i mean gareth and i've been friends for many many years since uh, since school um and we've always had a very similar taste in films but mm-hmm. i've got this feeling it's going to be a, if it's anything like the albums yeah uh, where we only matched one which and it was the <laughs> one that i didn't think it was going no way did i think it was going to be that one then the films may be very similar so what we're going to do, let's crack on with, with it. I'm going to do, I think Gareth went first last time, so I'm going to go first this time. Down my 20 to, uh, from a 20 to 11, and then Gareth will do his 2011. And then we'll, you can then, um, the next podcast will be ready for you to listen to the 10 to 1 next time. So, Gareth, is there, if there's any surprises um, that you think, because I think you probably could guess um, some of mine now. Yeah, I, think I could pretty much guarantee I can, you know, I can guess at least half of it. <laughs> at least, at least. Not to say, not to say you're obvious. I'm just. That just means that no, all predictable. It just means that I think I know you pretty well. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I tried. I ha- I've had to do some of the same franchise because there's, I, I've been sitting there going, so I can't leave that out. I can't leave that out. But anyway, we'll see. Um, and if there's any surprises. Um, please let me know. And what I'm going to do is I'll go through some ones that were almost, almost made the list. Um, Ghostbusters, The Godfather 1 and 2 almost made the list. The Dark Knight, North by Northwest. I love Hitchcock films, Psycho, Vertigo. None of that are in there. She was List. Um, <laughs> something light. Something light. <laughs> it's not in there because I hardly ever watch it. Yeah, <laughs> Basically. Yeah. I've only ever seen it twice. But um, mm. um, the, some of the Bond films, one that the one that really I was like, I've, I've got to try and get this in, but I didn't. Was almost famous, which is a film I absolutely love. Cameron oh, Crowe, yeah. yeah, um, great soundtrack, yeah, yeah, great coming of age film. Um, it's one of those films that will put you in a good mood when you watch it. It's such a good uh, sort of a love letter to that time period. Um, and I'm, it, it was one of those things I was like. Maybe if I take that out, but in the end I just kept it. I kept it as it is. And obviously with all these lists, 
they change. I mean, this has changed from probably if I did it 10 years ago, 20 years ago, obviously new things come out. You sort of sometimes call it a film that you would have loved back oh, years ago. You don't you don't love quite so much. That's the way it goes sometimes, isn't it? So, uh, so you're saying Transformers the movie isn't in your top 20 <laughs> countdown then? Is I reckon in 1986 it would have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I'm not quite sure now. I'm not quite. You'll have to see. You never know. It might be one of Michael Bay's uh, classics. Yeah. <laughs> are in there. Um, Please anyway. God no. Uh, well, I do maintain the first one isn't too bad. Um, and the, but, um, but I wouldn't put it in my top twenty. No. <laughs> but Bumblebee was by far. By far and away the best of yes. the Transformers movies. Easy. It was Easy. much better than it had any right to be. Yeah, I was genuinely, yeah. genuinely surprised about how good Bumblebee was. And they actually made the Transformers look like their figures in the cartoon. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that fine. It makes them more, it makes them more distinguishable between each other. Yeah. That's another yeah. problem with Michael Bay films. But anyway. Yeah. They're not. This is not Michael. Not this is not Michael Bay podcast, please. <laughs> the, the Michael Bay uh, countdown. Uh, yeah. Oh, but, right, <laughs> let's kick off with number 20. Now, I'm a big Christopher Nolan fan, and there's, uh, there's a few. Uh, the Prestige was another one that was a very almost made it to the top 20. I love Dunkirk too. Not quite as sure about Tenet and Interstellar. I enjoy them, but they're not my absolute favourites. But number 20, I have Inception, which. I think is um, which is came out in 2010, I think, um, and it's one of those sort of modern blockbusters that seem to be only Christopher Nolan can make in terms of its original. Um, it's not adapted from other things, of course. There's influences from stuff in it, and and I don't think there is a film that there is totally original anymore. Um, but it's got it makes you think. It's complicated. So you've got to sit and it's it's one of those films like I need to see that again just to get what what's happening and all that type of thing. Fantastic cast. It's not just the Leonardo DiCaprio show. He's very good at getting these sort of casts together. Who and he uses some of them again like Tom Hardy, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Michael Caine. He brings all these sort of different types of actors together. Always gives them a good stuff to do within it and the sort of the visuals of it are amazing um and it's one of those films that you watch and you after it you go right i need to sort of rethink about that do i like it but sometimes with these films you're like do i like it and then you sometimes it does need that second or even third watch just to just to get get your head around it um and another one which actually didn't make the top 20 was another exception is the Matrix has a little bit of the first Matrix has a little bit of that yeah. as well, where you you sort of need to see it again. It makes you yeah. think. And a lot of Christopher Nolan films, I think all of his films, even his Batman trilogy, have that sort of element where you need to watch them again just to get yeah. where everything is. But I think Inception, now to be sort of original blockbusters, Inception, Interstellar, Tenet, I think Inception's the one that works the best mm. in terms of its excitement in terms of what's happening, that sort of uh, uh, ambiguous ending. Is it mm. is it a dream? Is it not? Mm. Spoilers. And, um, <laughs> yeah. But I think it's, it's it's an amazing film, and um, and I, I had to 
find a place for this into the top 20. And The Prestige is another one, which is not so um, sort of big blockbustery, but it's a, a great, great film. Great it's example. So good. I love The Prestige. Really, like, really great cast together, doing yeah. things that they don't normally do. You don't normally see yeah. Hugh Jackman in a role like that. We even have no. David Bowie in it and, and all that type of thing. You have yeah. Scarlett Johansson. You have it's such a great cast. Mm. And, and it's sort of even that film, oh, it's like a magic trick. The whole film is like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. The ending um, is brilliant. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> to be honest, the first time I saw that in the cinema, I, I really that's like, I really didn't see it coming. I hadn't guessed it. And I'm sure maybe some people did. Uh, I'm sure they did. But I did not guess it. And every time I watch it, I'm like, I'm just trying to pick where do you see some of the bits? Where does that happen? Mm. Um, it's a great film, The Prestige. But mm-hmm. yeah. So what's your thoughts, Inception? Uh, it's wonderful. I mean, Nolan is it. it I mean, you know, is a genius, probably the greatest director. Really, you know, up there with like for me, with like Tarantino as like one of the greatest directors of the modern age. Yeah, and I love the way that he. He doesn't make like traditional blockbusters, no. you know, the way he goes about making, you know, his, you know, be that, you know, Inception, Tenet, uh, Interstellar, you know, the Dark Knight trilogy. They're essentially, I don't know, like thinking man's blockbusters. They're almost like art house movies. Yeah, they are. With a massive, with a massive, with budget. a massive budget. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, that's what Memento was, wasn't it? Memento was a yeah, like, arty film. Yeah, that's, you know, yeah. I know that was possibly, film, but... possibly still my favourite Nolan film, I yeah. think. Um, but you know, an incredible, incredible talent, and it's he's one of those rare things, right? That you will go and see it because it's a Christopher Nolan film, yeah, even yeah. if you know nothing about the film, you know it's going to be of a certain kind of quality. Yeah. And the cast is always going to be amazing and it's going to look incredible and it's going to make you think and it's going to make you want to watch it another half a dozen times before yeah. you actually, I don't know, kind of realise, A, what on earth's going on or B, kind of, you know, did you actually enjoy it or not? Um, I would love to see him direct a Bond film. I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he does in the you future. Um, yeah. I think there's Although, more Bond influences in Inception. Oh um, my goodness! Strange yeah, as it seems, but there is. Yeah, no, there are. Yeah, especially there are. on the on the sort of the, in the, the snow sequence um, mm-hmm. when they're sort of getting into that base, very sort of James Bond influences to it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, and I wouldn't be surprised that he might be given the task of introducing us to a new James Bond. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because his next project hasn't been announced. It's got very quiet. No. I know he often yeah. gives himself a couple of years between that. Yeah. Um, and obviously he was very vocal when he wanted Tenet released in the cinemas, no matter what. Um, yeah. I think it had a lot of pressure, that film, to really sort of get cinemas going. And I don't think it necessarily was that film to do so, really. No, uh, no. I think it needed, no. needed a more franchisey film to get. Yeah, but to be honest, a modern film, basically. Well, yeah, yeah but, but that was never going to happen because no, all, no. the big franchise films were they're just like no we're waiting we're waiting yeah, we're yeah, waiting yeah. you know and now they and, are you know, being released and, and, and it's looking like cinema uh, um, 
is going to pick up. I mean, it's not going to be to the level of 2019, probably now for a good couple of two or three years. So I think yeah, it's going to be a while. I think um, you know, film companies have got to wise up to that, but um, which I think they have. Um, but I think having people like Christopher Nolan really bang the drum for cinema. Definitely, uh, yeah. I think is a is a, is a good thing. Oh, it's um, a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's. It's whether he wants to. Do, I mean, he's done his Batman trilogy, and yeah. he is a, a person that likes to do original stuff. So it's whether yeah. I think Bond he might be he might make an exception for. So I'm hoping yeah. that maybe the next one or the one after will be po- a possible Christopher Nolan film. I wouldn't be surprised if the new Bond is introduced by Christopher mm. Nolan. We'll see. Mm. We'll see. Mm. So that's Inception number twenty. Um, number nineteen. We're going to an 80s classic, and it's Die Hard. <laughs> uh, AKA the greatest Christmas movie ever made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I love the Die Hard films, well, especially the first three. Um, Only the, fourth the first one, three. The fourth <laughs> one, I don't mind too much. The fifth one is awful. Yeah, awful. It is awful. I don't, I've seen it in the cinema. I've never seen it again. The fourth one, I don't <laughs> mind too much. Um, but the first three... Are great, and I even die hard. Some people sometimes are a bit down on Die Hard too, but I, I that was the first oh, one. Die Hard was great. That was actually the first Die Hard film I saw. Die Hard too. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, basically, the um, when we very first got Sky, and we got Sky, yeah. my mum, my parents got Sky when the uh, Premier League started, so back in '92. Right. So, yeah. but and they Sky did like we never had the movies um, yeah. channels, but they, yeah. they did a free movie channel weekend. And they had arachnophobia on, wow. uh, which I can remember taping. And we had arachnophobia yeah. on, and they had Die Hard 2. So, uh, and I watched Die Hard 2, which is brilliant. And then quite soon after, the first Die Hard was on TV. Um, and it was the sort of slightly edited, the language isn't quite so bad. <laughs> no, what, <laughs> what is it? Y- y- Yippee Kaye Melon yeah, Farmer. Yeah, yeah, it was, um, <laughs> Yippee Kaye Kimasar. What they yes. said. That was the version I watched alone because that's the, the, because I had it taped off the telly. Um, and you can tell by the lips they're not saying that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, it, I think it's an absolute great film. Bruce Willis perfectly cast in this. I mean, the, the you know I know they wanted no. he wasn't the first choice whatsoever. No. Uh, no. I mean, originally this was a vehicle they wanted. I think. If I'm correct, they wanted to make this in the 70s because it's based yeah, on Frank Sinatra. Yeah, it was going to be a Sinatra vehicle, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the way these, some of these films go through these different stages. I know, right? That's crazy. But, um, but it's, 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 Bruce Willis is perfectly cast, and that yep. sort of claustrophobic yep. element of being in the building. Yeah. Uh, yep. And the amount of different films it's it's influence of doing that you know we've had under siege we've had air force one um you know even some of the liam neeson action films that have happened yeah. over the last few you know, it's all sort of based in a one place yeah um, like yeah a thriller in a confined space yes yeah. and the problem is with the especially four and five i know three so sort of two they had the airport yeah. which is great Three, almost New York was the, yeah, was, was yeah. the confined space. And I, the way they did it, the way they did it, it makes a really good, it's a really good way of doing it. And the problem is with four and five is they've moved away from that mm. a little bit too much. I, as I say, I don't mind four too much, 
But Spive especially, going off in Moscow, he needs to be put. You, to keep the diehard formula going, the problem is it goes where he keeps getting, it keeps happening to him. But well, that's part of the joke. That's what we watch some of these films for. He needs to be put yeah. in a more confined place. Yeah. That's the part, that's diehard. You know, he's trying to get himself out and everybody else out of this extreme situation in a confined place. And the first three do that in some respect, do that, whereas the later ones haven't. Um, and I think often you get Bruce Willis phoning in a performance <laughs> as well. So, um, yeah. but those first three, I mean, they're very consistently good, those first they three. They are, yeah. Um, and I think I remember, I remember going to the third one and said, well, with, with your good self. Yeah, I went to see that twice in the second Oh, did you? The second, uh, third yeah. one, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. It's great. It, they're all, yeah. all of them are great, but this is... is Still the best. So it's got that. Is it a Christmas film? Yes, it is. It's set. Yes, Christmas it is. It's set Christmas. Film. It's quite obvious Christmas elements in it. Um, but it's also a film you don't have to watch it at Christmas. It's not like, uh, you know, it's not like watching The Grinch or something like that. So it, it, it's, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a film that you can watch whenever you want. It's exciting. Still holds up. Jumping off the building yeah. as it blows up. Alan, All that. Alan, Alan, Alan Rickman. Yeah. His finest hour. I thought you were going to do an impression then. Uh, I was about to. I was about, where, are my, where are my detonators? Um, and, well, know, some of the, they sort of cemented Adam Rickman as the go-to baddie for a little while. Yeah, wasn't it? yeah, um, yeah. Uh, for me, for me, the ultimate baddie. Yeah. I think I think Hans Gruber is one of my absolute favourite baddies. Do you would film. you do you prefer that he's Hans Gruber to be Sheriff of Nottingham with Robin Hood? See, that's that's hard. But I probably I think I don't know. If you'd asked me this when I was about 14, 15, I would have gone, sure. See, now I don't know. <laughs> I mean, and he's yeah, good as Harry Potter as well. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's great, Harry Potter. He's, but I, I, he's good in anything, really. But. I'd, probably, I'd probably go, I mean, I'd probably go Gruber. Yeah. Because, but, you know, his Sheriff of Nottingham is wonderful, kind of chewing the scenery. You know, the whole Council yeah. Christmas line. Yeah. You know, make the stitches small and I'm going to, was it? I'm going to pull his heart out with a spoon yeah, or something. Yeah. The you know, extended it's, it's, edition of Robin Hood, which is the version you, you get now um, mm. on the DVD and Blu-ray, it's got yeah. more of him in it. Nice. Um, and um, but um, that uh, Robin Hood Prince of Thieves is a film that if I'd done this in the early nineties, that would yeah, be way up there. Same, same, yeah, same. Uh, um, I think but, if you'd um, asked me in the mid nineties, I think Die Hard Three, Die Hard Die with Vengeance, I would have probably said that would have been my favourite film of all time. Wow. It's a great I film. I love it. I yeah, love it. It's it a great film. You know, and, and it's, and, yeah. And, and unfortunately, I, I do, I do genuinely think if they'd stopped at the third one, yeah, it would be one of the greatest trilogies ever been, made. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's always a joke me and my, fr- a few of my friends have had for years. Like someone will be talking about Die Hard 4 and me and my friends will be like, no, they never made it. <laughs> and and they'll be like, no, 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 the guy would be like, no, 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 I definitely made it because da 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 happened. And we're like, no, I think you'll find that was just a dream you had. Yeah. Like Lethal Weapon 4, it never <laughs> happens. Yeah. It never happens. Um, as I said, I don't mind Die Hard 4, um, but the fifth one is, yes, is awful. awful. It's and yeah, well, to, to be you know, to be honest, Willis has been phoning in performances. For I know. And, and to be honest, oh, and, and that's what's a shame because Bruce Willis and, and he's he great. Felt, in the 90s, mid to late 90s, yeah. he made yeah. some interesting films, varied yeah. films with Pulp Fiction, came back to Die Hard, he did 12 yeah. Monkeys, Fifth Element, Fifth Armageddon, Element, yeah. 
Armageddon, um, Six, Sixth Sense, Sense. Yeah. Unbreakable. Uh, I mean, Unbreakable, you go Sin City, that was when we yeah. going to the North. You go through all of those films, yeah. they're all fairly different. They're all yeah. doing different things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's, it's a... It's he, is, a w- he is a great actor. Yeah. That's and the thing. Really, and yeah. that's a great run. That's a great yeah, run of films. I know there's run. probably the odd, the odd turkey put in, but what actor hasn't yeah. got one? So, I, really um, like, I, really like, I really like Hudson Hawk. Yeah, I thought yeah, that's, great that's one of those films that sort of at the time nobody liked, and that, isn't that the yeah. one that's had a little bit? Or is it the Last Boy Scout as the one? Last Boy, uh, no, no, Hudson Hawk. Yeah. I years. like the Last Boy Scout as well. You know, they're both yeah. good films. Um, so I mean, but now Bruce Willis doesn't, you know, he turns up in the odd thing, or he does direct, and he's talking. Why are you doing director? Oh no, sure. The thing he's. I've, he's been put, he's been floating this idea around for a Die Hard. Uh, oh God, it'd be a sick one, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, um, he's been floating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like um, it'll be as like a split story between like yeah. him playing McLean now and then a younger McLean in like the late seventies. Yeah, and it'll be like an inter- interconnecting like case or something. But it's to not be a honest, bad idea. It's it is, idea, but, but just in just, some just respects, leave it. it die okay, Hard. I know. Yeah. This is the origin story. Yeah, exactly. This is the origin story. <laughs> exactly. You don't need it. You know, yeah, you're yeah. introduced to him. You're introduced yeah. to where he's at. You're introduced to his wife and his family yeah. and yeah. him going through an extreme situation to get out of it. This exactly. is the origin story. Why do you yeah. need stuff before it? He wasn't very old when he did this. So why, no. you know, but anyway, so Die Hard is my number 19. Brilliant film, as you, as, yeah. as you agree. Now, We've got first of my franchise films now at number 18. And it is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Okay. So this is of the original three. This is obviously the probably the weakest one. But my God, when this was on at Christmas Day 1987, I was so excited. I'd never seen it before. I hadn't been to the cinema to see it. Um, had the had the annual. Um, I think we didn't go to the cinema because my brother was too young to see it, so we never went to see it in the cinema. And so the first time I saw it was when it was the Christmas Day film on BBC One, 1987, and I thought it was the best thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> I remember seeing it on that TV Christmas Day. It doesn't matter what toys I got. The thing for me that day was watching Indiana Jones at the Temple of Doom. And that minecart sequence, yeah, it's that last forty-five minutes is so exciting, and even now, fast-paced, breathtaking. Yeah. Yes, is it a step down from Raiders? Yes, it is. There's no doubt about it. But it's quite a different type of film to Raiders. Yeah, you know, you completely. You don't get you. You go straight into that adventure. You don't get the bit at the, at the university at the beginning, and then sort of gets sent off. He sort of stumbles into this adventure a bit more in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've, and Harrison Ford is so sort of effortlessly good as Indiana Jones, um, and you've got and it's quite and you've got that slight the original inspiration of having that slight Bond element to it, where you've got a different lead, a different leading lady, and a different sort of other companion in short round as well. Uh, I used to quite like the idea of having a kid with you because you sort of think, oh yeah, he could, that means I could go on an adventure with Indiana Jones. You, you have that sort of thing in it yeah obviously there is you look at it now and you know there's no way you're going to india and they're going to they're going to serve you two monkey brains i mean yeah yeah, but 
But that context of that scene is to be a junky scene. And Spielberg was a master of just getting the tone right between humour and seriousness. And a lot of films that try to copy Indiana Jones used to venture too far into the humour territory. Um, I don't know if you remember King Solomon's Minds with Richard Chamberlain, which is an awful film. Um, And it's trying to be an Indiana Jones knockoff, but it ends up being more of a, a parody. Almost. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, t- I totally forgot about that film. Um, there was a sequel made of that, and all you know, unbelievably. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, Sharon, Stone, very young Sharon Stone was his co-star in that as well. Um, but um, yeah, so Indiana Jones to the Temple of Doom is my number eighteen, and I think you just watch that film and that minecart sequence, the way it's shot, the what you know, combination of practical model work. Um, not CGI, but that type of sort of the optical effect that they did in those days. And the way Spielberg shoots, it's so quick that it seems so, it flows so well. It's so exciting um, still. And the bridge, the rope bridge, what, is he going to do it? Yes, it is, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and yes, maybe the weaker of the three originals. Um, definitely not the weaker of the four. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, don't worry, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull will not be in here. Um, but it's bubbling under. <laughs> well, the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I think the problem is um, when you've got such a big gap between films, I think it's sometimes difficult to bring that momentum back. Um, are you looking? Are you looking forward to the new one? Yes, I am. Uh, from what I've seen of things they're doing for it, makes me quite uh, positive. I think having a new Having having a new director in James Mangold, who's a good director. Yeah, well. yeah, and no, I agree. I agree uh, with that. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting. Um, it looks. What do you like, think about the whole kind of the whole like what do they call it? The de aging. I don't think that will be the whole film. I think that will just be the beginning sequence. Right. Okay. Um, okay. Because from the from the from the looks of things, it's going to be set in 1969. Yeah, yeah, it's just after the moon landing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. in that sequence that they've seen in filming, all the vehicles are from the 1930s. Mm. So that would suggest to me that the beginning bits, the little sort of like the the sort of pre, it's not a pre-title, but the Indiana Jones films do have a, a Bond-esque yeah. Yeah, little adventure at the beginning. Yeah. I would suggest that that would be that's that, mm. and then whatever happens in that pre-title thing. A bit like, yeah, you were talking about the planned Die Hard film. And I think whatever happens in that sequence will be then brought back later. So, I mean, obviously, if it's set in 69, they're not going to de-age Harrison Ford because that's the age Indy would be. Yeah, true. Um, yeah. I, I, I think if there is a de-aging sequence, it'll just be in the beginning bit. Um, and then they'll, there's there's some rumours that it's to do with uh, a time artefact and um, the baddie is a neo-Nazi trying to bring the Nazis back out of time, back to the present day of the 60s. So that's quite interesting type of thing. Um, mm. So we'll see. I mean, I, I'm, I've got, you know, as we know, the problem is with the Indiana Jones films, they haven't made, they never made enough of them. The idea was to be a Bond-type series. Now, yeah. with a Bond series, there's so many Bond films. If you've got one or two not-so-good ones, he sort of gets lost in all the good ones. The problem True. is, when you've only made four 
and three of them are really good, yeah. one of them sticks out like a sore thumb, not yeah. being so good. Um, whereas if you'd if you'd made if they'd made another two or three in the nineties and noughties, it would have got lost in it in that a bit. Mm. Um, I think Peter and the Crystal Skull, the first hour was not bad. I think when mm. Marion and John Hurt come into it, I think it starts heading more towards too too to being too silly. Yeah. The, that that humour that Spielberg got pretty right in the original trilogy sort of goes out the window in yeah, that fourth does. one, and it gets a little bit silly, like the quicksand sequence and all yeah. that type of thing. The alien, yeah, the, thing, the alien it, thing. Well, somebody put on Twitter the other day saying, "Why do people have problems with aliens, but don't have problems with the Ark of the Covenant bringing ghosts out and the Holy Grail making people age yeah. <laughs> and the stones yeah, yeah. do?" Um, I'll tell uh, you why. It's because we were younger then. Yeah. That's why. We were less as, cynical, you know. Just as, it's still just as, um, you know, that's part of Indiana Jones. There's a mystical element to it. Um, yeah. So the alien thing doesn't bother me too much. Uh, what bothers me really is I just think that last hour, the sort of the chase through the jungle, because it's a bit too CGI, is not as exciting as the chases in the original three, like the minecart chase, for example. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so that's my thought. I'm, I'll always be looking forward to it. I'll always be there on day one. Um, you've got to be positive yeah. because... If it's a series of films, there often are good ones and not so good ones, as we know from James Bond. So I mean, um, this would, this must be the last one, though. It'll have to be. <laughs> I think it will be for Harrison Ford. I, I, yeah. I think they will be casting. Yeah. I think I know they always go on about yeah. you can't only Harrison Ford. I think they will recast it. I think they'll set. They could set it. You could have it set in the forties. That a slightly older actor playing him. You could set it in the late 20s, early 30s, and have a younger actor playing. There's a lot of possibilities of to do yeah. with Indiana Jones. Um, there's some number of actors that would be good playing him. Um, and just, I, I think they should just just, just let it go. Just well, let it go. Well, you know, that, <laughs> well, that's the thing they won't know because, that's, well, you they know. They said that with Sean Connery. And the problem is there hasn't been yeah. made, there hasn't been loads made. There hasn't been a series no. like like they originally intended it to be. And if there had been a series, I'm sure when Sean Connery left after the only twice, everybody was going, nobody else can play James Bond. And we know that is not the case. Um, so somebody else could play Indiana Jones. Um, I don't have a problem with that. You've got, I mean, Hugh Jackman would have been a great Indiana Jones. He's a bit older now, but you could have him as an older Indiana Jones. You know, uh, Chris Pratt would probably be a good Indiana Jones. These are two people off the top yeah. of the head. I mean, yeah, he's more or less playing Indiana Jones in the Jurassic Park film. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Um, that is true. So, um, you know, you've got other people out there, and that's just two people off the top of the head. You know, there's often unknown actors out there. I'm sure will be a great, a great Indiana Jones. So. I'm looking forward to this one. I'm glad it's happening. I like the, uh, from obviously it's difficult to know, but from the little things I've seen, I'm quite optimistic by it. We know James Mangold is a great director and he's a varied director. Walk the Line, the uh, Le Mans film's really good. Logan, both of his Wolverine films are pretty good actually, but the Logan especially. Um, I don't think some people go, maybe maybe I'll make it like Logan. I don't think so. It'll be a proper adventure Indiana Jones film. If anything, They'll want to make it like the original 80s films, not like yeah, the Christmas films. It's because they know 
And of course, they know fans weren't overly happy with it. So, yeah, exactly. So what's your thoughts on Temple of Doom? Um, it's certainly the, I mean, you know, it's it's the third worst Indiana Jones film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what what you know what when, when I was a kid, I used to, I, I I'm pretty sure. I mean, it must have been that would have been Christmas '87 was the first time I saw it as well. Yeah. It must have, yeah. It must have been. Um, and yeah, I recorded it. I remember having nightmares. Really. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, you know, you know, with you know, with the guy who's, you know, his, his heart gets ripped out. Yeah, yeah. And all yeah. that, and and you know, th- that guy, um, I can't remember. Is is Mona Ram? Bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, his it's his eyes. You know, yeah, yeah. He used to turn up in my nightmares a lot of the really? time. And even when I even like back then, right when I used to watch it, mm. I used to have to fast forward certain bits. Yeah. So I, you know, I couldn't see, or I, or I closed my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. When I was like, it's certainly a darker film to It's darker film to It's much darker. Um, you got but, the child slavery in it as well. Yeah, you don't yeah. Think of it at the time. You sort of think when you're older, you go, "Cool, that is quite dark." Some of these. It is stuff dark. Yeah, yeah, but like you say, um, yeah, the the minecart sequence is it's still even now when I'm thinking about it as a you know a cynical 43 year old. Yeah. You know. Um, I'm like, yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant, you know. And it was, and 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 as you well know, you know, we both love that scene so much. We we ripped it off personally. Yeah, we did in, 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 in a in a thing we did for school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Gareth and I just did, Gareth and I wrote this script when we were at school for something that was a little like a little radio play that we did, and we just ripped off all the stuff that we liked and the bike yeah. part stuff from Indiana Jones was quite heavily in it. But yeah, yeah but, but what's funny yeah. is when you say about that being scary, the yeah. version that's on the Blu-ray and on the Blu-ray is actually the first time the unedited version yeah, of yeah, Doom I know. Has it, available. Haven't, haven't they? Haven't they? They re-rated it as well. Yes, twelve. So you actually yes, see 12, the hand. Yeah. You actually, when they take the heart, you actually see the hand going in the chest, whereas you wouldn't. I never. You never no. did on the VHS copy. You never did on the no. DVD. Um, we're on telly, obviously. But actually, what you, it's funny how you say that. The Temple of Doom never bothered me too much. The one that used to was the ending of Raiders with the oh, melting really? face. Oh, no, that never bothered me. That was that the bit. Me. Either, I either used to stop the film just before that bit and then just stop watching it, or yeah. I'd hide behind the sofa or we wind it forward. Yeah. There was all um, I for ages, and I never used to watch that bit. That was the bit that used to bother me. But Temple of Doom never did. It's, it's funny how... Yeah, how your mind works. It affects, affects people, but it's definitely a darker film. Much darker. Uh, and but it's it's so many exciting bits in it, and and it also that's the way that when they get trapped in that um, uh, room with the spikes, yeah, and the hat gets knocked off, and just suddenly pulls the hat back just in time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. all those those sort of iconic parts that have been ripped off again and again in different things. Whenever <laughs> yeah. you see a minecart chase in anything, because you always think, is it going to be as good as Indiana Jones? And often it never is. It's a brilliant, it's a um, a brilliant sequence. And that forty-five, it's quite a long sequence where they're escaping from that temple, and it's just, yeah. and it's so fast-paced and it's so exciting, um, and it's very different from the other three. Um, the other three have a similar structure, whereas this yeah. is different. 
obviously you have the first part in Shanghai, but then they whereas normally you'd then go back to the university and you get sent off to do something yeah. this brought into the adventure just inadvertently, basically. So no, it's good. Right. Number 17. This is this is one that I was I was toying between this and almost famous. Um, it would have been higher probably 20 years ago. Whether it will be in my top 20 in a few years' time, I'm not sure. But I wanted to put in, because it did have, at the time, it did have a bit of a quite an emotional connection for me. This is the one that might surprise you. Okay. So at number 17, I'm going with Moulin Rouge. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that so, surprised me. That so, surprised me. Um, I'm not a massive musical fan. I don't mind them. I don't, you know, I'm one of those people, you know, some people hate them. I don't hate musicals. I'll watch musicals. I'll enjoy them. I'm not one of those love them. I don't hate them. Um, but Moulin Rouge, I was going through, I was going through a breakup at the time. And for some reason, this film really helped me. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I saw it in the cinema and the first yeah. half an hour, I'm like, what the hell am I watching? This is yeah. weird. And I like you. I'm, 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 I've always been a, a Ewan McGregor fan. I like, I always like, yeah. I think he does varied, you know, regardless of the Star Wars connection. I think yeah. I always liked, he's done varied stuff. I think he's always yeah. good in what, he always good in stuff that he does. And this was sort of like a, a Ewan McGregor we hadn't seen before, sort of that sort of romantic lead could see. Yeah. Like, oh, who knew? You know, yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, yeah. and I just really liked it. I, I just, I just loved the, the energy to it, the way that they had used old songs in, a, in an interesting and new way. Yeah. Um, the sort of the vibrancy, the intensity of it, the, the romantic, the sort of the romantic element to it. And even though the film ends with tragedy, he sort of ends up thinking everything will be okay. And I thought that was a that sort of um, that sort of idea was sort of really helped me at that particular time. Um, and it was strange because it was one of those films that I kept saying, go and see Moulin Rouge to people. Go and see Moulin Rouge. And what was funny is a lot of my male friends were the ones who really liked it. And my female yeah. friends were the ones going, oh, I did like that. <laughs> <laughs> really, I don't know why that was. You saw, there was people that I thought, they won't like this. One of my best friends yeah. was, he won't like this. And he goes, oh, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. And I bought the soundtrack. I was like, <laughs> a teenage girl. I bought the soundtrack. Um, and the last, I hadn't, I, there was a period I watched it all the time. And I hadn't. I watched it probably a few years ago for the mm. first time in a long while, and I didn't enjoy it quite so much. And it's probably right. sometimes with films like music, you're in a different phase of your life, a different, yeah. and it doesn't, you sort of think, yeah, I enjoyed it. So it would have been higher back in mid, early to mid noughties. And I'm not convinced in 10 years' time it'll still be here. Mm. But I wanted to include it because of the, I think the the reaction I had with it when it first came out, and I think Nicole Kim and Ewan McGregor are great leads to it. Um, they give it all. It's it's vibrant. It's a director who, you know, he he, he he's he's willing to go out there. You know, <laughs> Baz Luhrmann, he's willing yeah. to do things different, go out there. Sometimes he does it successfully, like with Moulin Rouge and Romeo and Juliet. Sometimes it slightly misses the mark, like with Australia, even though that's not too bad. But um, it, it's, I can understand why people wouldn't like it. And I think if you, I always say to people, if you can get through the first 20 minutes, half an hour, 
which is literally it's like a bombarding the senses basically that yeah. first 20 minutes half an hour you can get through it to when he sort of uh, when the two characters sort of properly meet and fall for each other it actually then calms down and becomes more of it just sort of calms it down and, and that's obviously all all stylized all planned of yeah. how the film goes you know and it sort of starts off so positive and then we sort of see that there's going to be tragedy so we sort of get that sort of like a lot of films do you sort of that that seed of is not necessarily going to go well here and huh. yeah. um yeah, great film. Um, I can't imagine it's actually probably in your top 20. But... <laughs> no, no, unfortunately. Um, so, well, I think my, my, my most favourite thing that Baz Luhrmann ever did was his one hit, 90s one-hit wonder. <laughs> Everybody's free to wear sunscreen. Of course, yeah, yeah. Um, which I think is wonderful. And it just reminds me of yeah, a, you know, a fun summer. Um, but, I mean, yeah, Moulin Rouge, I, I'm not a fan of musicals. Uh, and the older I get, the more I don't like them. You know, like... If there's a, like a musical you did like, yeah. what would it be? It must be one that you go... I well, don't there is. Me. There is, you know. I, mean, I, I actually, <laughs> uh, Funnily enough, my... My favourite musical by far is Starlight Express. Really? Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Um, you know, I've, I've seen a few. We will rock you terribly. Yeah. Just sit at home. Just put a Queen album on. Yeah, Just put yeah. a, like Mamma Mia. Terrible. Just put Abba's greatest hits yeah. on. What about, I don't want. I don't want to hear Pierce Brosnan butchering <laughs> some of my favourite pop songs. Well, right? SOS is one of my favourite Abba songs, so it's right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what, yeah. um, what yeah. about? Films yeah. like um, Greece, which are obviously the songs are no. overplayed. Yeah. Uh, or um, what's the one I'm thinking? Mary Poppins, which is a film. I absolutely yeah. Okay. Okay. That's see there. That's that's tugging on those kind of like intrinsic core memories of being yeah. a child. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, yeah. Mary Poppins. You know, Jungle Book. Yeah. You know, any of those kind of you know kids films. Um, that you know are indelibly linked to childhood. You know, yeah. if so, you know, if if if, some, if if a random stranger come up to me in the street and started singing "Feed the Birds, Tuppence a Bag," <laughs> I would start crying. I would literally just start going "Tuppence, oh, Tuppence a Bag." Oh, I used to love that song. <laughs> yeah, oh, was, yeah, yeah. You know, I hear if someone played with those songs now, you know, oh, it, my my. My eyes would be welling up. Well, I said, instantly. I, I said to yeah. my wife when well, we went to her and I went to see Mary Poppins Returns in the cinema. Yeah. It was one of the rare yeah. times both of us were able to go to the cinema, yeah. and and they did a good job of Mary Poppins Returns. Yeah, they did. They, they, they did. They did. You could have completely mucked about that. Up. Yeah. They did a good job. Um, yeah, they did. And I said to her, if they do Let's Fly a Kite in this, and obviously, and they probably did the right thing, and it was all new songs. I mean, a couple, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. you could have easily have done Let's just do the old ones, but. Yeah. Um, I said, yeah. if they do let's go fly a kite in this, I, I don't think I'm going <laughs> to, I don't think I'm going to yeah. be able to hold it together. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, I understand your thing with musicals. So you, you don't fancy doing a top 10 musical film. <laughs> it would be a very well, I could probably, it would probably be a real struggle for me, but I can guarantee that like pretty three quarters of them would be films from my, like, you know, 
Yeah, it would be from there. my child Disney films from my childhood, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but now you know Greece. I actually prefer Greece too. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm not the only one I've heard say that. I don't know. Yeah, no, no. I think the song. Greece I think the, the, song, I think the songs are better. Reminds me from the childhood a lot, though. Greece. Yeah, and though, it just it just reminds me of crap weddings and, and oh. rubbish children's discos. The Grease Megamix. Oh my god, the Grease Megamix. And I sometimes think, I'll oh, just play the proper song, just play the proper yeah. song. Because the actual yeah. theme song, Grease, which actually was written for the film, it was never written yeah. in the musical, but if you go to see the musical now, it'll be in there. because it's. So oh, what, the Frankie Valley song? Yeah, that originally oh, was really, written, that music, r- written yeah. by the Bee Gees, who are actually at the top yeah, yeah. of their game at that yeah, point yeah. in time. Yeah, great, that, great, that, great that, that, that the the opening of that song that you know with the brass yeah. and stuff is so good and that's the grease song you never hear all you hear is summer nights and yeah, yeah. hopelessly devoted to you and yeah. um you're the you're the one that if, if i i will quite happily never hear you're the one that i want ever again in my life one of the best-selling singles of all time gareth i know okay what, what yeah but, but you know you know, best part of a million people bought the Mr. Blobby single. So I would say you're the one that I want is better than Mr. Blobby. But uh, oh, it's a close, <laughs> I'm going to put it out thing. there. I'm going to put it out. Yeah. There. yeah. <laughs> anyway, Moulin Rouge and, and their version, um, Ewan McGregor's version of your song, um, yeah. which is one of yeah. my favourite Elton John songs anyway, but is 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 fantastic. And and the way that they use the Queen, the show must go on. Yeah. Like you say with we will rock you and mamma mia just put just put the album on of that artist who yeah. is different because they they use the songs in a different way in a different yeah, way they do. Yeah. and the show must go on they do in that very which is quite a somber song anyway and obviously it was mm. a, it, a lot of it is you know it, it came towards the end of freddie mercury's life and and her and the character nicole kidman's character is herself um, dying herself, and she sings that song, and it's very sort of poignant. But the way they do the arrangement is very different, obviously, to how Queen would do it. So the songs are used in a different way than a, a normal ju- as a jukebox musical is what they call them, isn't it? These, these musicals yeah. these days. Yeah. But um, anyway, so Moulin Rouge is number seventeen. I thought that would surprise you. That one, I thought. Out of any that's the okay. one that's going to surprise you. So yeah. number sixteen, Superman. 90, the original Superman. Wow. Still okay. one of the best superhero films. Uh, and it's one of those films that I actually, even though it's one of the films from my childhood, I actually have grown to like it more over the years, appreciated it more over the years than I possibly did at the time. I used to think at the time, oh, it takes him ages to become Superman. I mean, he doesn't become Superman for about an hour in this yep. film. Um, but Christopher Reeve's performance is absolutely brilliant. And I think it's it's only sort of in recent years when superhero films have become the main films, like the Westerns of today, do yeah. we realise how good a performance Christopher Reeves is. It's the it's the super it's the it's and he hadn't been and it, it's so sort of you think that's how Clark Kent should always be played, but it isn't. Yeah. Clark had never been played like that. He's not in the comics like that. He's not a bungler in the comic. And the way Christopher Reeve played it, he was trying to get that. How can people not know that he, him and Superman are the same person? He actually <laughs> yeah. pulls that off more than any actor has ever done as Clark Kent, with the glasses, yeah. with the way he's bumbling around, 
it's an absolute brilliant performance by Christopher Reeve. And I, I, I think it's so underrated. And the way that film builds, you've got that first bit sort of very science fiction on Krypton. And then you've got the bit sort of very sort of old film, sort of Americana type of idea of, of him mm. growing up. Then you get him in the city being Clark Kent and Superman. The score by John Williams. Oh, it's amazing. When that theme begins, that that man was he's a genius. There's no <laughs> yeah. doubt about it. At that yeah. point in time, yeah. wow. Jaws in 75, Star Wars, Superman, Close Encounters, Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., yeah. all within a period <laughs> of seven or eight years. Crazy, isn't it? I'm probably Crazy. missing a couple out there. Uh, I, I, all of those themes have come so well known. Um, Gene Hackman obviously plays Lex Luthor in a bit more of a comedic way, but it's mm. always fun to watch him do that. It's a very 70s film. I think the special effects do show, obviously, um, more than maybe Star Wars does, but I think the special effects do show. Um, the sequence where sort of Lois is doing a song in rhyme when they're flying is a, is a bit cringeworthy now, and you could you would never get away with that in a film now. There's <laughs> no way, there's no way. Uh, if Henry Cavill ever comes back to do another Superman film, there's no way they're doing that <laughs> in it yeah. um, or anything near that. Um, but I, I, I love Superman two as well. Actually, one and two, I think, are great, and um, I actually enjoyed the Superman Returns from 2006, just because it played on that, almost like a sequel to those original films. Um, a lot of people didn't like Superman Returns. Uh, I can appreciate that, but mm. I always quite enjoyed it. Um, but for me, that is, it's, and even sort of the head of Marvel, uh, Kevin Feige now, goes, whenever we do an origin story, we all sit down and watch Superman to see how it's done, basically. Um, and, you know, and that's rival comic companies you know in some respects uh richard donner recently passed away as well i mean it's an absolute and mario puzo the writer of the godfather wrote Mm. superman scripts (laughs) (laughs) and it's almost um the documentaries of how they made it and how they started making one two back to back and then richard donner fell out producers so they finished one and then two was half completed and then they brought richard lester in to complete it i mean yeah. superman 2 how it holds up to be as good as it is oh, no, is amazing is great. And you can actually really you don't notice it when you're younger but now you can really tell that you can tell that margot kidder looks noticeably different yeah in the sequences yeah. gene hackman didn't even come back and do he wouldn't come back so Gene Hackman sequences are just used from what Richard Donner did, and Marlon yeah. Brando was supposed to be in it as as the vision, as the vision but they, he didn't, he wouldn't allow his him to be, he didn't want his footage used, so they had to bring Sally York back as Superman's mum to take over the bit. That, I mean, you sort of think you don't realise that when you watch those films at the yeah. time, and, it, and yeah. actually that film holds together remarkably well really, for all the really takes filmed a few years apart, you know, two directors working on it actors who wouldn't come back um and i know they did the richard donner cut but it's it's, it's not finished the richard donner cut there's things no. that they couldn't do and also they ended up using the same ending as the original superman because that's so it doesn't work as, i still don't think it works so well as the superman 2 that actually was released mm. it's just a shame marlon brando isn't in it that's probably the only sort of thing you think yeah uh, but yeah, Superman. I think it's it's one of those films. 
it's a long film the extended version i think is the better version um and um yeah it's one of those films from childhood and it's the original superhero film really it's the, the superhero yeah. film that showed that yes it's hard to do a superhero film and get it right and this did it from the off and to be honest they they tried superman three and four aren't very good um and they didn't really try again till batman in 1989 so it, yeah. it, it's obviously we get them all the time now um but i think it's at the time, this was a rarity, and even throughout the 80s, it was a rarity to get a superhero film. And even in the 90s, when they did try and do them, they never quite got them right. They did it, they no. did X Men, Spider Man, they did, but it took them a long while to get them right. And Superman did it straight off. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because like when, when I was when I was a kid, and you know, like you say, it was. You just didn't get a superhero films. It was no. it's weird. Think you know, yeah, trying to explain know. that to kids these days. You know, three or four a year now. At least. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. And like so, like you know, the Superman films they were always on telly, always yeah. on telly. Right. Um, and funnily enough, like when I was a kid, like Superman three was my favourite when I was a kid. Okay. You know, looking back, I mean, it's so silly. Yeah. But I, th- I think what it was like when I was a kid, I loved Richard Pryor. Yeah. So I think that's why it was my favourite because I loved um, was it like see no evil speak no evil and yeah, yeah. Silver Streak it's yeah. a great Richard Pryor film and you know Brewster's Millions and stuff like that I love and he's, he's more or less the lead in Superman three isn't he he is he is he is, he is you know um and I <laughs> you know it's it's kind of it's so funny looking back now that uh, uh, looking at looking at Superman four the quest for peace and you know the way that the way that Milton Keynes was used for like <laughs> run out of money. Yes. They run out I know. Of money you know that I don't know if you've ever seen that documentary about Canon films. I have, yeah. It's so funny. They made you know they... how that happened. It's almost like someone from a bygone well it, I mean, it is a bygone era now, but like how a film company can can run like that is it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. They had to reuse the special effects in Superman yeah. 4. So you always got the same look of Superman flying to the camera, yeah. keep using it yeah. again and again. Almost yeah. like a, car- yeah. a cartoon. Yeah, it was. I know, uh, I know, I know. And having it's, to use Milton Keynes as Metropolis. Yeah, as Metropolis. And, yeah, and they had and to edit they edited it because they didn't like... Because it's like... Two, in the original edit, there was like two nuclear mans. The first one yeah. was like a knockoff Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. So yeah. bad, I think they probably looked at it. Yeah. We have to cut that sequence. So the yeah. film's barely 90 minutes. Yeah. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's kind of so... Yeah, it's... Uh, like you said, like you know, the, the times I tried it through the 90s, making action films, and they just didn't quite get it right. They kept you trying know. to get these things off the ground as well. James Cameron was going to make Spider-Man for ages. Yeah, Joe Spider-Man, yeah. And, like the, you know, there was... Um, um, yeah, 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 it's like Spider-Man, like the... the I mean, there, there's that legendarily bad Fantastic Four film yeah. from the 90s. You never know, released. Never, never properly released. I've seen some of it online. Oh, it's there awful. There was a bad Captain like, America film as yeah, well. Yeah, bad Captain America. There was um, uh, The Punisher they did with Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. Um, again, like, yeah, you know, and um, I, I like the, you know, there was like the, I really liked the, the uh, New Adventures of Superman TV show. Yeah. That was great, you know, with Dean Kane. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was brilliant. 
Um, but yeah, it was just. But yeah, I, th- I think. I mean, see, it's, it's a funny one. It's like you know, if someone asked you tonight, well, you know, what's your favorite superhero film, movie of all time? It would be a toss up between the original Batman and Superman two for me. Yeah. But but yes, yeah, so it's you know the original Superman. You know. There's a few cringe bits aside. It's a very 70s movie, but yeah. I still think it holds up remarkably well. Yeah, yeah. You know. I, I always wonder whether younger kids would be able to get through that first hour. Because it is no, slow. I, I, no, it is I don't, slow. I don't, yeah, it's very slow. Uh, and it's know. like like a god. In some respects, you can almost tell that the screenwriter of The Godfather has done. Yeah, it. yeah. That sort of epic yeah. family sort of getting to know yourself and all that type of thing. Yeah, and true. true. I love that first hour. I, I mm. actually mm. love how they do that. And then Christopher Reeve is third billing on that film. That's what's so crazy yeah. about that yeah, film. Mad, yeah, Marlon Brando is the first billing yeah. on that film, then Gene Hackman. Um, yeah. But everyone, everyone's cast so well. I mean, uh, Margot Kidder's great as Lois Lane. Um yeah. Yeah. And um, Perry White is great casting. I can't remember the name of it. It was a famous actor. They all use quite famous old actors in these parts. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And the yeah. comedy elements. It's sort of like, it's not comedy for comedy's sake in the first no. two. It's sort no. of done with, which makes it funny. And he's bumbling as Clark Kent. I just used to think that was the template for Clark Kent. So when things like The New Adventures of Superman came along yeah. and Dean Kane was playing Clark Kent's quite straight and i was yeah. like that's not, how you, that's not how you play clark kent but actually in the comics that's how clark kent is it's yeah. only that film it was only that film. those films yeah. where clark yeah. kent is played like that where they decided to do that and i can imagine comic purists at the time must, must have been looking at you don't get you don't get all the social media then obviously no, i no. bet you comic book purists were a bit oh, what have they done with this character but yeah. For the first people like me who didn't sit there necessarily read Superman comics, this was the way to play it because always the problem you've had with Superman is how do people not know that Clark Kent is Superman? <laughs> exactly. It's always that level of yeah, it's a fantasy film, so that's what he what you know that's that level of, but he does it in a way that they do seem different. They do seem different. So yeah, it's yeah. it's um a great film, a great film. So. Right then, so number fifteen, I'm going off uh, in a different scale now. As you as you probably know, there's quite a few Spielberg films in this top twenty, and we're going to come to the <laughs> next one. Yeah. Maybe not the one that you would have thought, but we'll see. It's Saving Private Ryan. Ah, okay. Now, not a film I watch a lot because it is mm. not as heavy as Schindler's <laughs> List, but it's it's yeah. heading that direction. Yeah. But what that's that what a masterful. This is a filmmaker at the top of his absolute game. This this changed war films as well. Yeah, the influence yeah. it's had on war films. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time um, you almost felt what it was like to be on that beach. Mm. Because often with war films, especially the older war films like The Great Escape, etc., which is another film I love, actually, um, yeah. is... The, the war films were sort of a bit more sort of um, like an adventure, a little bit more, aren't they? Sort of like, yeah, we will made it in the end. A few people die, but like, where yeah. Eagles there? It's like, yeah. yeah, but we're all sort of we're all happy because we've beaten beaten the Germans or we've escaped. <laughs> yeah. But this, you're like, my God, yeah. this was bad. Yeah. 
you know, this was this was must have been absolute hell um, to go through. And um, people aren't heroic all the time, you know, and people are dying in horrific ways. People are just trying to get there to to get, you know, to get out of there almost. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Tom Hanks is perfectly cast. You wouldn't actually necessarily associate Tom Hanks with this type of role. I know he was doing more serious roles, but it's um, it's a great performance from holding that film and that he holds the film together, but also holds that team together that he's, they're trying to find Private Ryan. Um, but it almost says that that first 20 minutes is sort of like, or the first half an hour, it's sort of like a, a precursor to actually the main the main action. Mm-hmm. Um, I get the the you get slightly the 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 thing that probably niggles me a little bit with that film is the um it doesn't seem to acknowledge all the other nations and countries that were also on that beach. (laughs) It's an American operation and that's it. I don't know enough about the war to know exactly who was doing what when, but that aside, it's an absolute masterful bit of. Uh, filmmaking. It didn't win Best Film, but Spielberg did win Best Director, which is quite unusual for that to happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because normally the Best Film wins Best Director as well, but um, I think it's an amazing film. Uh, I think it's it's heartfelt throughout um, the actual extreme filmmaking. It's almost, and and from then on, war films were like this. That sort of war is hell element, um, rather than the sort of jingoistic type of glory that war films tended to have especially yeah. 60s 50s 60s type of time yeah. um, i can understand why because their war the world war ii was very still fresh in people's minds mm-hmm. um and then i think when you sort of got into later years you start people historians start looking at it and go actually well this happened and this happened and it wasn't that much it wasn't like that whatsoever it wasn't fun at all so it's a, it's a hard film to watch at times. Um, it's not one that I, I go to again and again, but I think it's definitely one of Spielberg's best films. I prefer it to Schindler's List, to be honest. Um, but maybe Schindler's List is the best film because it's his most personal film. But he's done a few war films. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of lot of you think actually a lot of Spielberg films have that. Even the Indiana Jones films, you know, back to 1941, Empire of the Sun. Schindler's List, this war horse set in the First World War. He does revisit the two wars quite often in various different ways. Um, But I think this is probably his most effective in terms of really showing what war was like. Mm. Yeah, I I remember um, remember going to the cinema kind of clear as day. Um, I remember hearing hearing Mark Kermo's review of it on... Like ready, it was Radio One back then. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah. Cool. Do you remember, do you remember when Radio One was good? <laughs> that was a while ago, wasn't it? Uh, uh, but anyway, um, and I, I remember him saying, you know, talking about that opening sequence and how he'd never really kind of seen anything like that. Yeah. In a film before, you know. Um, it's almost like the camera is a documentary camera. Yeah, no, completely. And I, I'd, I'd never seen an opening sequence to a film like that before, or since, really. I don't think. Um, and you know, for for me personally, uh, you know, I mean, the film, the film is, I mean, it's amazing. Like you said, you know, Spielberg at the absolute top of his game. But once you get past that opening sequence, I don't think there's anything quite as as good or as I, I don't know if it's because it's so like harrowing. Yeah. That opening sequence, 
you know, how how are you gonna kind of top that yeah. through the rest of the film? I mean, yeah. you know, you were talking about like, you know, Spielberg sort of goes back to this well quite a lot in, mm. in regards to the, the, you know, the World Wars. I I I prefer Schindler's List to this. Yeah. But like you say, you know, it's 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 that you know. These sort of films, they you know, it's never like, oh, it's a nice sunny day. I'm in a good mood. I'm going to put on Schindler's List. Yeah. You know, that it very seldom happens. I think you'd I rather, do... I think you'd rather pick, in some respects, Saving Private Ryan, just because, yes, it's still mm. quite hard going, but it's Schindler's yeah. List very hard going at times. Yeah, no, it is, it is very hard going, but, yeah. but sometimes I, I almost like to force myself through it because yeah. I think Schindler's List is an incredibly important film. Yeah, of course. And it's yeah. it's, ama- it's amazingly done. Yeah, you know, um, but yeah, 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 there's not much more I could say. Really. Yeah, Tom, Tom Hanks is great, um, but yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's it, it, isn't it funny how you can have films in your top 20 that you know you don't watch that often? No, do you know what I mean? Because you know, I could pretty much guarantee that we both, you know, I mean, you know. No spoilers for my list, but I can pretty much guarantee you've got Back to the Future right in your top twenty. Okay, what? You can never, okay, you don't have to confirm or deny, but you know how many hundreds, maybe yeah. thousands of times have we seen Back to the Future, right? Yeah. You know, and we still right. You know, could you imagine yourself watching Saving Private Ryan? I reckon I've only seen. You understand, you know, but that's the power of these. That's what yeah. I mean. That's the power of these I films. Actually, I've got the 4K version, which I bought. I haven't watched it yet. I bought this ages yeah. ago because um, yeah. it was in a sale. And I had originally had it on DVD, just DVD. I never bought it on Blu-ray, which then shows that I haven't really gone back to watch no, it. Exactly. Um, so I, probably, I think I watched it in the cinema. I yeah. watched it when I got it on video. And yeah. I might have seen that a couple of times on video. Because it was always really good sound quality as well. Yeah. Apparently the sound quality of this is amazing. Um, yeah. And I watched it on DVD. It's probably the only time I've watched it. I've probably watched it three or four times, and it's you know it's it's over it's about twenty five years old. So mm, yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, I had a I had a spare sort of afternoon yesterday, and yeah. I was like, I'll watch a film. Now I keep thinking I must watch this because I bought <laughs> this, and I didn't yeah. know what something else. So what did, it, what, did, what did you what did you watch? What I watched watch? Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, okay. Which I haven't seen for a while, so I've got like a yeah. pile of ones that I want to watch again. Um, and I watched Edge of Tomorrow, but this is in that pile, and I keep going, oh, what's that? And I was like, nah, it's almost three hours. And... <laughs> you know, gets, put, gets put further and yeah, further yeah, down yeah. the pole. Eventually the pole. Yeah. It's good. It's amazing. But yeah, um, yeah. as you say, it's, some of those. It's a tough films, watch. It's a tough watch. Some of those films are, are tough to watch, and, and sometimes yeah. for good reason. Um, but yeah, roughly so. But it's sometimes difficult to watch those films again and again, and it doesn't mean you know, I would have, I, I have watched Superman and the Temple of Doom and Die Hard many, many times more than Saving yeah. Private Ryan, probably many, many times more than I ever will, but I do think Saving Private Ryan is the better film, so. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to number 14. Uh, oh, well, by the way, I think Empire of the Sun by Spielberg with the very young Christian Bale in it is an underrated film. Great as film. Well, Great and Christian Bale's brilliant in it. Mm. Um, and talking about Christian Bale, at number 14, I have my second Christopher Nolan film in and I've picked I've picked it out from the Batman the Dark Knight trilogy okay. but I haven't picked the Dark Knight which is a lot of people's choice I've gone for Batman Begins, Begins. Um, and 
that template. Now, I know Christopher Nolan was a fan of the original Superman. And basically, that template of Superman yeah. is used in this. Oh, massive. Because he doesn't become Batman for the first hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what's the good about this is it, they never actually had filmed a Batman origin. You know, it's hinted at in the original Tim Burton Batman, but they actually yeah. haven't done the origin. You know, he's no. just started out, isn't he, in the original Batman? Mm-hmm. But you don't get, yeah, you get sort of a little bit of it. Uh, when she's trying to investigate Bruce Wayne, but yeah. this is the sort of the proper origin story. Yeah. And like you were saying, he does sort of like an art house film with a blockbuster budget. This yeah. is that film. Uh, yeah. And this is a film that as well, that I did at first, I was a bit, oh, I'm not sure about that. And what's strange is that it only made, as I say only, it didn't make massive numbers at the box office. Nope. Nope. And, and usually they probably, because Warner Brothers know, well, we've got Christopher Nolan. They thought you can make the sequel. I reckon for the box office, that if that made this box office now, unless it was Christopher Nolan, they wouldn't be making a Batman Begins sequel. No, they wouldn't, because it wouldn't have done, you know, they would have done what they've done with Man of Steel. Mm. And then, oh, we better put Batman in the next one, you know, all that type of thing. Yeah. So Batman Begins, I think, is a masterful bit of storytelling. I think it's got this unbelievable cast. I think Christian Bale's a great Batman. Yeah. It's got that sort of dark aesthetic, but it's exciting. Um, I quite, I think I prefer this to the other two, just because it has a little bit more comic booky touch to it than possibly the other two. The Dark Knight is a bit more of a crime drama, yeah. a bit more realistic as far as you can go with a superhero film. The Dark Knight Rises is a bit more epic. I know some people feel that the weakest of the trilogy. It probably is, but mm. I still think it's pretty good. Um, yeah. But this, I think, is brilliant. Um and the sequence on with the Batmobile. And I can remember first seeing the Batmobile and a picture of you. That's the Batmobile, but it makes perfect sense yeah, it of it when they get when you actually see the film, the little tease of the Joker at the end, sort of gives that goosebumps. Go, oh, okay, we're gonna go on to something, you know, that we know. And obviously the Dark Knight with the Joker is unbelievable. But yeah. I think for this, this really does for me is is the best of the three. I know Mark Commode always goes on about Batman Begins as his favourite of the three. Uh, it's not much in it uh, between one and two, even all the old three. I know there's loads in it, but yeah. for me, Batman Begins just points it. It's one of my favourite superhero films. I think it's really built over time, and it takes that great template that that Richard Donner done for Superman and puts it for Batman, um, and, and it also does all that sort of Christopher Nolan-y bat, uh, um, flashbacks and different bits in time and all that type of thing that he does brilliantly and puts yeah. it into a superhero film. I think it's fantastic. I and was, it's the I superhero was... film, sorry, it's the superhero film that people who don't like superhero films would probably like. Like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what Refresh my memory, mate. What year did this come out? 2005. Yeah. You know, X-Men films aside, there was very little kind of you know they they've done like an incredible hulk film and they, they've done the kind of the you know spider-man obviously yeah yeah the first two i mean spider-man but, 2 is, is a cracking film but uh, yeah yeah, yeah I, 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 I think i still prefer the first one yeah you know um and but i, I wasn't kind of you know expecting much with a new batman film at the time the way that I, you know, in terms of like superheroes and and their kind of cachet, so to speak, you know, it it wasn't cool to like Batman, right. especially after Batman and Robin. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. 
you know. And when they were you bringing know, it back, you did sort of think, oh, do we have to oh, have the origin? You know, yeah, all yeah, the origin thing. story again. And I remember thinking at the time, I was like, oh, okay, you know, Christian Bale, this could be like a dark, brooding Batman. Yeah. You know, because you, you look at the roles that Bale had done up until that point, you know, I was looking really at like American Psycho, which I yeah. love. I was, I was like, wow, okay, okay, this this could be uh, this could be interesting, you know. And I was like, Chris, no, okay, cool, you know. But I think I think it was done so well. And I, to, to be honest, I think he always had that. I, I you know, I, I always think that it was like initially set out as a, a trilogy as well. Yeah, it feels know. like it feels. Yeah, like. yeah, 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 um, and it. it in, in a lot of ways, you know, you could watch like the first one and the second one as like one film. Yeah. You know, for me personally, you know, it's all about it's it's all about the Dark Knight. I, yeah. I, you know, you know, it, it, it's mental watching it now. Well, um, you're not the only one. I mean, a lot of people. You know, he's like, he, the he, best superhero film ever. So it's like. I and mean, well, t- to be honest, it probably is. You know, it's up there with with like stuff like Watchmen and stuff like that for me. Guardians of the Galaxy. But that'll be another, that, that's a story for another podcast. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, yes, it, to be honest, you, you're saying this is your favourite of the Dark Knight trilogy. This is probably my least favourite of the oh. Dark Knight trilogy, but that's not, I'm not saying for one second it's a crap movie. Oh, it's no, unbelievable. No, no. Yeah. But the quality is so high with all three. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's a rare thing. It's one know. of the best trilogies of all time. And yeah, no, so I'm saying it's, it's, it's a, a rare thing. People, like, a lot of people slag off The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, I, it think, I think that's... I, I, I disagree with that, because I think it's yeah, a brilliant finale. Yeah. Is. I, you know, t- to be honest, I... I don't know. It's, I, I don't know if it's... it's it, but it is a thing that kind of frustrates me about, like, superhero movies, right? When you've done, like, a, a trilogy... Yeah, of a character that had a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it was so perfect. Yeah, the way that the Dark Knight arises, the ending I think is brilliant. They did yeah. it so well, and then you know we get we get Batfleck a few a few years later. I'm yeah. like, why? Just just leave it. Just yeah. leave Batman alone now yeah. for for a decade, right? Just yeah. leave it be, okay? Until, for example, like you know. I don't know, the next generation are coming through as teenagers, then make another Batman film, right? And for me, that kind of dampened the genius of, of what Nolan did. Yeah. It's too much, it's not, it's, it's, it's not enough gap between everything. No, I mean, there's not, with, there was nowhere near enough gap, you know? With the new Batman coming out next year, the Batman, it would have yeah. been, it will be 10 years since The Dark Knight Rises. So, like, that's yeah, basically. Yeah, that's kind of right. That was they were filming that just they were filming that in Stanford. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they were filming it at um, a, a, a Burley House. Well, they you know were, what? You know what was being filmed, filmed at Burley House was, is the new Flash film. Yeah, yeah. Flash also, film. That, sorry, that was it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, she's got my, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton, I know. Yeah, some of um, uh, Prince Prince got some good friends. They run like um. Like sort of like healthy kind of takeaway shop in town, yeah. uh, do like burritos and stuff like this, yeah. and uh, they were and yeah they basically got got the call to go and feed the entire cast and crew, you know, and I was like that's crazy, 
you know, okay. be able, yeah, because they never used Birdie House for Batman Returns. It was only for the, the original Batman Birdie House. Yeah. Was used. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, but, so, anyway, yeah, I, yeah, I, I know what you mean. They 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 can't let it go. Um, no. um, and even though Zack Snyder's Justice League was actually um, is very good, um, I, I, it surprised me <laughs> how good it was. Um, Batman v Superman. I've always been a bit mixed on my thoughts oh, of that. Film. Um, I, I think I think basically they should have given Henry Cavill another Superman film before we start introducing a load of others. But that's another story for another time. So yeah, yeah. they were trying to do actually this seems lovely onto the next one because what they were trying to do was do everything so quickly and not play the waiting game like yeah. Marvel did, where you build, yeah. you build, and you get better yeah. box off. A better box office. You introduce little elements in there and there. What DC were trying to do. Oh, we don't matter still. Quick, let's put Batman and Wonder Woman in the next one. Then we do a Justice League film. And yeah. they did everything far too quickly. And it didn't feel earned. No. No. Now, at number 13, Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> now, you might be surprised that this is in there, but I had to put it in there because, you know, I was just talking about this feels earned this when i saw this in the cinema this blew my mind because the cast and who's in it and this and the absolute genius from the russo brothers to put a cast together like this and get everybody to do be able to do something because you sometimes when you get a film with a big cast you know, they already didn't they are yeah. you know what was the point this is juggling a cast like this is unbelievable and i saw this in the cinema and and it's it's got this downbeat ending. Thing, you know, you think it's all going to be super and happy, and and it feels earned because you've had almost ten years of watching these. You've had ten years of this build up of these films. You know, you have a, like a few films, and you have an Avengers film. You have a, another few films. Introduce a few other characters like Guardians of the Galaxy and Doctor Strange and Black Panther, and then you have another Avengers film. And and I saw this, and I just. For me, it's absolutely brilliant. It's it's an absolute perfect way to do a modern blockbuster to please everybody. Mm. But but it also does proper storytelling as well. It's not like a yes, it's got all the bangs and flashes etc. But it's telling a story. It's doing something. It's got an emotional weight and heft to it, and it actually feels like a little bit like it's a modern version of some of the blockbusters we liked in the eighties with a massive budget and this incredible cast. And it's like a comic book come to life or your TV, your favorite cartoon come to life where they used to watch Spider-Man and his amazing friends and they bring in Captain America one week and the Hulk another week and the X-Men TV series that they used to have on or a comics like, I don't know if you remember the Secret Wars comics where you got literally yep. every, every yep. superhero in it. You thought you'd think they'd never be able to do that in a film ever, yeah. Yeah. and they did unbelievable. Yeah, they did. And yeah. I, I absolutely love love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think consistently it's one of the it's the best franchise there's ever been in terms of consistency. When even the worst films are still okay. Um, yes, Star Wars will always be the one. James Bond is always one that's close to my heart, but and I think James Bond's very consistent actually. But yeah, yeah. they have they they do especially Star Wars now regrettably and Bond has they can dip and when they do dip they go down quite low. Whereas yeah. the MCU 
even the worst films are watchable, mm. they're good, they're well put together, great cast. But when it hits its high, it really does hit it. And some people criticise, oh, there's too many superhero films. I get you. I understand. Yeah. But I tell you, that this franchise, what, we're 24, 25 films in, and still they're churning out. Black Widow's a great film. Um, they're yeah. still churning out really good films. And what's the pro- problem in that? You know, it's only when they start churning out Batman and Robins every year. Uh, Every every other every other film is then when you've got a thing. Well, I think the quality control needs to be looked at. But at mm. the moment, I mean, and this is absolute uh, the culmination of, of these yeah. of probably the best, most consistently good franchise, whether you like them or not, that there's ever been. Mm. Um, and that's Avengers: Infinity War, and number thirteen. We'll talk about more of the Avengers later. Just no spoilers there. Right. We'll, talk about the Avengers later. We'll, uh, we'll crack on with number number 12. And we're back to Indiana Jones uh. and The Last Crusades, which when I saw this in the cinema, hit that, that obviously Sean Connery uh, passed away not that long ago. Um, but Harrison Ford and Sean Connery's rapport in this film is brilliant. brilliant. And the action sequences are brilliant. It's an absolute top-notch adventure film and uh, I've always loved this film always I mean it was one of those when it came out on VHS video uh, to buy which was probably a good year and a bit after it actually yep. was in the cinema yep. Uh, yep. I was so excited that I, I saved up my money to to get it you know so it, I'd get it as soon as I could mm. um absolutely love you Jones and I was there's not much more I can say about it I mean it's just great and that and having Sean Connery as his father was an absolute master stroke of casting George Lucas was the one who wanted Sean Connery yeah. uh, Spielberg wanted Henry Fonda I think one of the Fondas Peter or Henry oh, okay. um, oh, yeah but no Lucas was like we need we need James Bond as yeah. Indy's father and absolute genius of a casting ace Mm. it's I I remember you uh, we would have probably been on now yeah 11 or 12 and at the time when we even back then we used to do like countdowns what's your favourite yeah yeah yeah. and I remember you know for a long time you would be like this is this is my all time favourite movie yeah it was was. and it's that it's that last like I mean the the last hour of this film I mean the whole film is brilliant you know just for the record, this is my favourite Indiana Jones film. Right. I, you know, well, no, no, it, it, it just is. The whole bit, you know, with the tanks is ridiculous. It's amazing. Yeah. And the fact it's all done, for, you know, not a blue screen in sight, no. kids. It's no. all done for real. All done for real. You know, and then when they get to, you know, that whole, that whole like, the last, what, like 20 minutes, only the penitent man shall pass. Yeah. And all those bits, you know, the challenges he has to do because his dad's been shot and stuff, you know, to force him to go in yeah. and, you know, and it's it's just so it it's it's great. It's whenever it's it's again it's one like we we've spoken about it on the podcast before, like when you when you're channel surfing, yeah, on a Saturday afternoon, and you, and you you go oh Last Crusades on. And even if it's an hour in, I'll still watch it. Yeah. You know, it's one of those films that's it's intrinsically linked to 
not only my childhood, but it's one of the films that always reminds me of you. Yeah. Um, and but I remember. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a very good. Thing. I, I hate it. it. I, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I, I remember. Um, yeah, recording off TV. I, I remember, like, I'm sure you remember this as well. Me getting like the VHS box set. Um, and I, I, I now, I'm, I'm a now a proud owner of the Laserdisc box set, oh, amazing. which is wonderful. It comes in this really nice, you know, it weighs half a ton. Um, but you know, I, the, I don't think you had that last time I saw you actually. No, no, yeah, it's the yeah, Star Wars one, but not yeah, the, the Star Wars yeah. one. Um, yeah, yeah, I've got the uh, the let me just see if I can if I can drag it out. It's literally just here. <laughs> how could <laughs> right we? Yeah, how could it? <laughs> Uh, yeah, here we go. There we go. Yeah. You see that? I, I, you know, amazing, it literally, yeah. it literally weighs as much as a small child. Yeah. <laughs> but it's um, it's yeah, it's it's the perfect trilogy, um, and it's it's the best. It like you said, you know, the bit where he goes to the castle to rescue his dad, that whole scene. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, you know the uh, the actions, you know the chase on the bikes, on the motorbikes, yeah, yeah. the sidecar, and the commit. It's one of those. It's so hard to get comment. You know, I, I realize this more the older I get, but it's so so hard to get comedy right, yeah. and a comedy that everyone will find. Like everyone will find it funny, whether you're yeah. a little kid yeah. or you're an you're you know an oldie, you know yeah. you're retired, whatever you know. And it's just something. It's so hard to get universal comedy right, and they get it right time and time again in that film. And and also not to tip it over to self-parody as well. Yeah, fast. No, it's no, it's yeah. definitely more humorous that third film than the other two, and that's just because, oh, yeah. because of the rapport between the two of them. And they try, and that's the problem of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, especially that second yeah. hour. They haven't. He hasn't got that person to riff off. But they're still trying to do the humour, and you sort of like it just doesn't work. Um, but now it's an amazing film. Um, love Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade. Love all, all you know. It's it's um, it's so uh, special to me the Indiana Jones films, and even now I just watch. I mean, I got this the 4K box set for Father's Day, so uh, um, you know, unfortunately, it's not good. It hasn't got space for number five. <laughs> <laughs> annoying but uh, I'm not buying the box set again but I just have to get it individually but um, yeah it's an amazing film Last Crusade and as you say it's one of those films that everybody can enjoy so uh, right so that gets me down to my number 11 and my number 11 if we could put a trilogy at 11 I probably would have put a trilogy but we're not we're just putting one and I wanted to pick one from the Lord of the Rings trilogy and my favourite out of the Lord of the Rings trilogy is the first one, The Fellowship of the Ring. Um, I mean, it's, it's amazing to think what a risk this trilogy was to make. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. New Line Cinema, who I know they've been bought by Warner Brothers now, but a fairly independent cinema putting up all that money to make not one of the three, but all three back to back with someone that had only made really horror films, Heavenly yeah. Creatures and The Frighteners. <laughs> so, um, I'm not saying his films weren't good, Peter Jackson's, they were, but they they weren't a big name films. The Frighteners, I always loved The Frighteners, but it yeah. hadn't set the box office alight. Um, 
And also the other thing was that fantasy films used to just die at the box office. Yeah. I mean, the times that fantasy films, especially in the 80s, Willow, Kroll, the Conan yeah. films, I mean, whether you like them or not, I mean, I've always had a soft spot for Willow. None of them ever, some of them became cult films, but none yeah, of them yeah. really did well at the box office. And it had 2001 at this double punch within about a month of Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings being released. Yeah. And it completely changed fantasy cinema and it made it that more much more universal and popular for people to go and see but some of the stuff in lord of the rings the fellowship of the ring at the time some of the special effects with the use of miniatures and cgi combined you've never seen anything like that before the way the camera moves through some of the miniatures you know done by a sort of a, a, a special effects house that they set up in new zealand is amazing great cast um and if this one hadn't landed They'd already filmed two of them. <laughs> two. Yeah. It was just, what would they have done with them? I, I don't know. I mean, they would have had to have released them, surely. But, you know, luckily, they were really good. Um, and I think Peter Jackson's been struggling to match it ever since, even with his Hobbit films and King Kong and whatever he's made. Um, he sort of moved away to do documentaries, really, the last sort of few years. But yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I love The Fellowship of the Ring. I think it's an absolute amazing uh, I, I, an origin story is always, for some reason or a beginning, it always appeals to me because you've got that sort of what's going to happen. Uh, and, and the climax of Return of the King is great, even though it may go on a bit, seems to go on a bit. But um, it's, it's a great climax. Obviously, if you read the book, you know what's going to happen. But um, that, I, when I read the books of Fellowship of the Ring, and the I, I, first time I read the Lord of the Rings books was when I knew these were being made. I never read them as a child. No. I read The Hobbit and I read Lord of the Rings. That first Fellowship of the Ring, everything like the, with the Black Riders and all that type of thing probably resonated with me more than the rest of it. And that's why I, th- I always prefer The Fellowship of the Ring. Mm. I was I was never... It's, it's funny, it's like the, the older I've got, the less I've kind of, sort of been into the like fantastical stuff. Yeah. Um. You know, whilst uh, again, you know, not films I really, I've, I haven't actually seen them in, in quite a few years. But you know, what Peter Jackson did was undeniable. You know, kind of, cha- you know, in, in a lot of ways, kind of changed the way films are made yeah, in terms yeah. of like you know modern kind of fantasy films. And I think you know, I think without stuff like the Harry Potter movies and Lord of the Ring movies. I don't think you would have got the kind of the Marvel, the way the Marvel films are made and stuff like that. You know, I still, I, I certainly think it, it kickstarted where films are now. I think it raised the bar as well, because I think yeah. towards the end of the nineties, we were getting bad blockbuster films. I can yeah. remember there was a year where we had that Godzilla. Uh, um, I yeah, mean, Armageddon, Armageddon's and, okay, but it's not great. No, um, it's, yeah. it's rubbish I, I like it's funny i'll watch yeah, it yeah yeah you that end of the 90s and then yeah. with harry potter and lord of the rings not only in some respects this is a bad thing but it's a good thing in some ways it's it was like you know what we're not just gonna have a film that's two hours this film's gonna be two and a half to three hours long <laughs> basically yeah. and you're gonna yeah. come and watch it and people did yeah. but it also i think just notched up the quality of it a little bit notched up yeah. the quality of blockbusters show yeah. that Audiences want proper stories, proper characters, 
not just the action and the spectacle which they all delivered. And I think the Harry Potter and the Lord of the Rings really push that. And like you mm. said, I think that's why Batman Begins, um, the Marvel films, some other blockbusters now, mm. and the Nolan blockbusters, yeah. they've let us, they, they, they've pushed the not... The, the length of time, which sometimes is a pain, because sometimes there's films like the Transformers films, they're going on for three hours and you're like, what? Why? What? <laughs> um, what? Um, but also, I think it has definitely notched up the quality. Mission Impossible films, all those type of films. I think we're in quite a good age of blockbusters now where people are wanting quality. And I think this, this really stepped up the game because I think towards the end of the 90s, we weren't having it. Um, so yeah, so that is the Fellowship of the Ring. Um, I would have had Lord of the Rings as eleven, but we only had one. I had to choose one. Return of the King is that Return of the King of the Fellowship of the Ring, and I think the first one for me is the best one. My number twenty. Let's just get my list up. Is, in my opinion, the greatest psychological horror film ever made, and that will be Nicholas Rogue's. Don't look now. Well, it's a long time ago since I've seen that. Actually, I have seen yeah. it. So, um, it's uh, yeah, incredible. Donald Sutherland, Judy yeah. Christie, you know, more, mourning the death of their daughter who drowns. Yeah. yeah. They go and take that job in uh, in Venice. Yeah. And you know, m- meet the clairvoyants in the restaurants. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's yeah because just like you know the the imagery that it uses the kind of what scares you. It, it, it does that classic horror thing that I love. It's what you don't see scares you. Yeah. You know, yeah. Or can kind of freak you out Yeah, you know, or draw you in. Yeah. Yeah. And um, very, very much like the way it kind of turns like everyday, everyday objects into omens of doom and how ordinary events become like a, a terrifying glimpse into like, into their future, what may yeah. happen in their future or may yeah. not, you know, what does the red mean? The red, the red raincoat, yeah. you know, the blood and things yeah. like this. And, um, brilliantly directed. I mean, Nicholas wrote the film he made before this was uh, Walkabouts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Walkabout, which is unbelievable. Did that and, book at uh, school, Walkabouts? Yes. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good film. It's a good book, a really good book as well. Um, uh, again, don't, like Walkabout, Don't Look Now was based on a, a novel as well. Yeah. The novel actually starts, well, it's, I think it was like a, more like a short story, but it starts with the bit where um, they meet the clairvoyants in the restaurants. Yeah. Um, but yeah, possibly the most shocking ending to a film I've ever seen. Yeah. When it turns out it's, just, you know, it's, just, it's a, um, a serial killer. Yeah. You know, who's, who's been wearing the red raincoat and stuff like, you know. Quite an, what, what you know, she slices Donald Sutherland's neck, and it's yeah. like, oh, that's it. That's how the film ends. Yeah, yeah. Wow. What um, what year was it brought out? What year was it? Uh, it was seventy three. Seventy three. Um, yeah. funny enough, actually, um, I was just thinking, I didn't have probably this one coming up that that borders on horror, but not really. Mm-hmm. I don't have any horror in my top twenty. I don't have any comics. Right. So. Right. Comedy is probably my least favourite genre because, as we were talking a little bit earlier, it's a difficult one to get right, and I'm I'm a little bit uh, I'm I'm not a massive comedy film fan. Um, I just not. It's just the way 
wires and I, I don't I, I find a lot of things not funny so a lot of things everybody goes oh you must find that funny um horror i do like but yeah. i'm a horror of a certain vintage uh, i don't know i mean I, I quite like um i i like something that's got something to it if that's mm. so it i really enjoy the two it films because it's also got that sort of harking back yeah to yeah yeah I yeah, thought the second one, the second one was a bit of a letdown. Yeah, like, well, but the first, but, but, but the yeah, first one, but that in the wonderful. apparently, I mean, the book is a massive book. It's like yeah, it's, it's it a is. thousand pages yeah. long. But yeah. even in the apparently the book, the first half's always the better yeah. half. No, it, it is. Uh, it is uh, yeah. And um, things like The Exorcist, are like I always like the Scream franchise, especially the first couple. Um, that type of thing um, is probably more where I go down with horror when it's got horror element to it, but there's other things. Right. Going on. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, just yeah. horror for horror's sake. Friday the Thirteenth films, that type of thing. Yeah. yeah, I'm okay with them, but Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, they're fine, especially the first ones. But yeah. I'm, I'm not how some people really go into it. Oh yeah, I'm a massive Jason fan or Freddy fan. I'm like, uh-huh. I always find it difficult to be a fan of someone who goes around killing people. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I know, I know. Um, I know. But, I yeah. do. I, I love. I, you know, I grew up watching the the Friday the Thirteenth films yeah, and Halloweens yeah. and I know, I know. I was, you know, I love them. You know, the yeah. first, the first few. I, I love, I love the first few Saw films. Yeah. You know, the first Saw is incredible. Yeah, it's no, the first genuinely brilliant, yeah, yeah, brilliant yeah, film. Um, but, but yeah, this, I mean, this is the only horror film. Yeah, I have, I have in my list. If you could call it a horror, I think it's yeah, more like a psychological. Uh, yeah, I, I would say it's almost. I would say it's also got a thriller element to it as well, isn't it? In yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And um, it's also that sort of blending of genres that yeah. some of the best films do. They uh, do, they do. I mean, it's you know, it's yeah, it's it's yeah, psychological kind of thriller, horror. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. Probably, that's yeah. where I could describe it really. So, one, yeah, of number, reasons, one of the reasons why I like Scream so much is because actually it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a horror film in disguise because it's no, it's actually a murder mystery. That's what it is. Yeah. It's a classic yeah. murder mystery. Murder mystery, yeah. Agatha Christie yeah. type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it is. Because it's finding out who the murderer is. Yeah. And they end up in, a, in, a, in a, the first one, it's in a, in, a, in, a big, in a big house at the end trying to figure out who's the murderer. And it, as a classic, you know, got a bit of a teen comedy to it as well. Yeah. It's the blending of the genres. Though. But yeah. um, I've, I've always, I'm not, I enjoy the Conjuring films. I'm not like what I would say, a real massive horror fan. I don't mind mm. it, but yeah. I, I'm not like, I'm, I'm sort of drawn to it as that much. But mm. um, yeah, uh, Don't Look Now, uh, so it is a classic. So it's a film that yeah. I could actually do a scene again, because it's, it's a long, long time yeah. since I've actually yeah. seen it. It's been a while. Uh, I mean, it, it, Quite a few of the films in in my list, I you know my kind of musical musical sorry musical, m- m- musical. Um, <laughs> my my like or, original kind of what I put down as my original kind of movie education. Yeah. Um, apart from like you know recommendations from kids and from yeah. you or whoever you know, yeah. like there used to be this brilliant show on BBC Two called Movie Drone. Yes, I remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, originally presented by Alex Cox, um, and quite a few of my films that ended up in my top two, especially the films that are in my top 10. The first yeah. time I saw them was watching Move Drone. Yeah. You know how we were saying during your top 10, um, your, sorry, uh, 20 to 11 countdown that people like Christopher Nolan, you know, 
people will go and see a Christopher Nolan movie because it's a Christopher Nolan movie, you know. Yeah. I would watch a film that was getting shown on movie drone, regardless of whether I'd heard of it or not, because nine times out of ten, it would be brilliant. Yeah. You know, it would be something that, that would really appeal to me. Yeah. Um, and the first time I saw Don't Look Now was on yeah, and I love you've got classic VHS copy of it. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. Yeah, um, well, you know, I mean, for me personally, um, it's you know, I, I, you know, those kind of sort of early seventies kind of quite gritty films. Yeah. I mean, there's a few in my count there. This I'd count in there. Quite sort of gritty, gnarly. Um, it's actually quite nice watching them on gritty gnarly VHS. Yeah, yeah, I know. What you, you, mean. Know, yeah. you know, you know, you know, that, um, from a, a you know, yes, I mean it's a nostalgic thing, but you know. That was um, such a I'm, difference in films though, weren't there, in the seventies and the eighties. The the difference of the look of films. Or probably yeah, Star massively. Jaws and Star Wars were the ones that sort of Yeah, they, yeah, no, yeah, no, completely. It's that sort of late sixties majority of the seventies um yeah. Compared to the 80s. I don't know if it was just I don't know if it was like you know a different stock uh, of film or, or, or what was a, like brand they were using or I mean, it's probably a mixture. So of many, yeah. Te- so technology many got better, like you say. Yeah. It's sort of the yeah. stock of the film, the technology of just just making films. Um, I yeah. think just got and you got this these new filmmakers making films, mm. and I think that's mm. just that's mm. what just probably also changed it. So, so your number nineteen. My number 19, and it's another VHS. Mm. We have the absolute masterpiece that is Magnolia. Ah, oh, yes. That's a great film, Magnolia. Yeah, Amazing. yeah. Is. You know, Paul Thomas Anderson, modern day, just genius, one of the greatest directors, I think, of all time. Um, but, you know, plus the fact that, you know, he... Like the film before this was Boogie Nights, which yeah. was probably would be an honourable mention, just bubbling under my top yeah. twenty. Boogie yeah. Nights is incredible. Watched yeah. it again recently, uh, and if anything, like yeah, I'm just like, it was a toss up. I was just like, oh. you know, because sometimes I I genuinely forget how good Boogie Nights is. Like Burt Reynolds, where people say to me, Burt Reynolds can't is, is you know, awful actor. Da da da. I was like, he's have you seen Boogie Nights? He's yeah. unbelievable. I think people that, just get but, that from his 80s films. Yeah. In the early I mean, 70s, he did interesting stuff. And towards yeah, the end he did. Of his, you know, you know deliver, career, like Deliverance, well, so. you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, was, it was very, you know, there was rumours he was going to be Bond yeah. for a time as well, yeah. you know, um, which is crazy thinking now. But, um, but yeah, the, the fact that, you know, Boogie Nights was such a massive calling card for him. And I think he was basically given, you know, carte blanche to kind of make the film that he wanted yeah, yeah. after Boogie Nights. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, it's it's 186 minutes long. Yeah, I know. I know. It's a long old film, but I don't think it has a wasted second. Nah, it's, it's I love film. the way that the stories kind of intertwine. You know, Tom Cruise, again, where people say, oh, Tom Cruise, it's like, have you seen Magnolia? You know, Paul Thomas Anderson, I think, is another one like Tarantino, who he, he managed to take, you know, like Tarantino would, did with Travolta and people like this, they just seem to get the best out of them. Mm. And, you know, just the, the whole cast, you know, like Tom Cruise, um, Philip Baker Hall is unbelievable. Philip Seymour Hoffman's unbelievable yeah. in this film. 
Um, yeah, William H. Macy, Alfred Molina, Julian Moore's unbelievable. John C. Riley, probably the best thing John C. Riley's ever done. Yeah. yeah. Explain that you know the, uh, the lonely copper looking for love. <laughs> May uh, I say that's probably one of the last VHSs ever released because it came out in that mm. in that didn't it come out at the end of the nineties, Magnolia? Yeah, two thousand. Yeah, ninety nine, two thousand. That is literally when VHSs were starting to go yep. go out. Yeah. So yeah. It's a pristine yeah. copy you've got there. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, not back. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's. it's 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 lasted well, shall I say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do think, um, going on to Tom Cruise, I think he, he's incredibly underrated. Oh, massively, massively. When you, you look, look through it, all his films yeah. he's done, he's done some absolute crackers. Yeah. Really uh, you, films. What we were talking, I can't remember who we were talking about. We were talking about, like, a, a run that, I don't know if it was a director or an actor had Bruce done. Bruce Willis we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Bruce Willis. You look at that, that, like, Mid eighties to early nineties run that yep. Tom Cruise did, you know, you, starting with uh, I don't know, say Top Gun, you uh, yeah. you got Cocktail, Born on the Fourth of July, Rain Man, yeah. Days of Thunder, yeah. you know, uh, all the way through. A few good men, a few good men, men. Great unbelievable film, unbelievable. Uh, one of the, I think it's one of his best. A few good. Yeah, men. yeah, it's a great film. Um, Mission, great all, film. all of the Mission Impossible, all the Mission Impossible, apart, apart from yeah. maybe two. Yeah, I mean yeah, that last yeah. one was the best one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, and unbelievable. even even going Edge of Tomorrow is a great yeah. science fiction film, really underrated. Yeah. The first yeah. Jack Reacher isn't Mi- bad at all. Minority Report. Yeah, it's a great on. film. Oh, yeah, I love brilliant. that film. So yeah. he's uh, Jerry Maguire. Is mm-hmm. is a great film. I always had a very soft spot. It's not a great film, but I've always had a soft spot for Far and Away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, it's, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah, no, dodgy Irish accent. You know, and then he does a little dip of a couple of films. Then he he often brings it back. Um, and I think yeah. with um, two Mission Impossible's coming up, where they're filming back yeah. to back with Christopher yeah. McQuarrie again, I think you know you've got to be optimistic that these are going to be good. Um, and yeah. from yeah. the footage I've seen of Top Gun Maverick, it, that looks really good as well. So, but no, Magnolia's a great film, and I remember yeah. watching it when it was on TV. I actually went to the cinema wow. to see it, and it wow. was... Uh, it's what I need to yeah. see again, actually. I think I've only seen it that once, and it was one I of those was... ones that I actually enjoyed more than I thought I was going to as well. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, but again, back then, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson had a certain cachet with me. I remember hearing the review. I remember, again, we were talking about, you know, Kermode or Radio 1. I remember Kermode just falling over himself with yeah. Claudius for this one. I was like, oh, okay, well, it's Paul Thomas Anderson. I loved Boogie Nights. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go and see it, you know. And I, I did actually know that it was over three hours long. I was like, <laughs> you know, shouldn't have ordered that extra, shouldn't have ordered that extra <laughs> large uh, bucket yeah. of Coke. That's well, annoying. Yeah. It is annoying when you yeah. need, need to go in the middle of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Not so it's been... these long films. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> That's where sometimes a three-hour film, you think you could do with an intermission, couldn't you? Yeah, I, I, I tell, I, I do like telling my son about intermissions <laughs> and what you know why they were intermissions. You know, well, there was intermissions when, when, when it wasn't needed. No, no well, it was a traditional thing because people yeah. just like to go yeah, and get was, their. Yeah. That overpriced ice cream. Ice cream, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can remember having intermission on the old Disney films, and you think, if you think about it, they weren't, but some of them are not even ninety minutes. <laughs> no, I know. It's, it's changing over the reel, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We're from a bygone age. <laughs> mm, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Um, 
funny enough, we watched, um, Jenny and I have been watching some 90s films recently, and um, we watched nice. Dances with Wolves. Great and film. DVD. Great film. DVD, and you have to swap over the DVD to a second disc. And after the end of the first disc, it does, it, it comes up, it fades to black, and it comes up yeah. into mission. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So, Brilliant. Um, yeah, right. So that was Magnolia was your number 19. What's your number 18? So it was, mate. Uh, number 18 is uh, 1997's, directed by David Fincher, The Game. Ooh, I thought you were going to say seven. I was like, seven, no, I think this is I think this is better than seven. Wow, The Game. The film. Yeah, yeah. Michael Douglas, again, I think massively underrated actor. Yeah. I agree. You know, um, yeah. The, again, I remember going to see this because, see, a, a lot of the there's. I, I don't think there's a film from this century in my countdown. Really? Oh no! Check, wow. Check, 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 checks list. <laughs> Hang on. Let's see. I'm all, no. They're all from the nineties, <laughs> yeah. apart from David yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, yeah. There's some seventies stuff in there, but uh, oh no, sorry, don't tell a lie. I think there's one from this century, right, and okay. that's two, and that's from the year two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, you know, I, I, I went to see Seven, uh, loved Seven, and was was sold on this. You know, I went. I was like, okay, I, I really do. I really like Michael Douglas. I loved, um, you know, like falling down and stuff like that. And uh, went in. I, I just remember coming out at the end of, of this and just being like, "Wow, that was great." I think I don't. I need to see it again. And like we were saying before, when you had to wait ages for something to come out on on video, or yeah, or even yeah. longer if you want to see it on telly. You know, I remember getting. Um, I think I got the the DVD or the video. It's probably been a video. Or I saw it again somehow, maybe like a year or so later, and yeah, was completely drawn in. I loved, I just love that you know that idea of you know the the character Michael Douglas plays Nicholas, you know that sort of successful businessman, and then like for his birthday, his brother played by Sean Penn, um, gets him this gift of yeah. the game, you know, yeah. the gift gives him yeah. that business card, and you know, and just the way that it kind of encompasses his life into this this kind of like deadly game of kind of it's kind of again it's kind of like a psychological thriller but i think it's so well done yeah. messes with your head yeah and i think the ending as well it's so well done I some really people play. are always disappointed with the ending of the game aren't they that's yeah, that no, the I, one thing that yeah I mean I, I, it's another film funny enough all these films that you've done so far i've seen but only the once yeah. So I've seen the game the once, and oh, okay. I, I can rem- I, I remember enjoying it, um, yeah. and I, I don't remember having problems with the ending, but I remember I remember yeah. seeing reviews that have problems. With yeah. It. No, I, I never had a problem with it. So I think it, I think it's brilliantly, brilliantly done. Yeah. Um. And it's a nice kind of like release, almost kind of a payoff to like two hours of kind of tension building yeah. and building yeah. and building, and the way yeah. you know, I love the way it's filmed. You know, it's classic Fincher. He's so good at that um, feature, though. Oh, even yeah, even like Seven, it. he's oh, sorry, he's obviously Seven is a brilliant film, but things like Panic Room, 
Yeah, Penarou, Jane yeah. Foster. That, she, that yeah. isn't a bad film, that is. People often overlook that one. That, he's yeah, really good at good building film. the tension in that. No, he really is. Really and like is. you say with Michael Douglas, I totally agree that he's underrated. I think the yeah, problem with Michael Douglas a little bit had, we had these late 80s and early 90s films, and he was synonymous with something, with, with a type of film. Favourite <laughs> attraction. Yeah, basically. basically Sharon, 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 Sharon Stone uncrossing her legs. Yeah. That's what, yeah, uh, disclosure yeah. and and really oh god I totally forgot about that film yeah <laughs> they're all similar type they're all similar type yeah. of films and he yeah. was sort of kept he was like Michael Douglas again um yeah. but he has done so much other stuff and where he's so yeah. good um like the yeah, romance yeah. Stone, traffic Stone. and you know he's great in the two Ant Man films as well. Yeah, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. really good in it. He's like that sort of deadpan, yeah. dry delivery. He's so good at, um, and. I, I I agree. He's very very underrated. Yeah, massively massively underrated actor. And yeah, it was it was kind of nice that uh, yeah I'm glad you brought up you know the Ant Man thing because he's, he's kind of like introduced himself to like a new generation yeah, of yeah, yeah. you know film goers. You know? Yeah yeah no it's good good. Um yeah the game at number eighteen. Yes so uh, number seventeen. Number seventeen. We have. Uh, from 19-something, 1996. Yeah. Uh, 90s. Ah, oh, the 90s. <laughs> stay the 90s. Let's stay in the 90s. <laughs> stay the 90s. Um, again, whenever people say that Kevin Smith is a bad filmmaker, mm. I point them in the, the direction of Chasing Amy. Oh, now, I, I have a feeling you'd have a Kevin Smith in. I wouldn't be surprised you have more than one Kevin Smith in. Ah, time will tell. No spoilers, <laughs> mate. No spoilers. Um, I think this is my personal film. Yep. Um, I think it's his best written film. I think it's his best directed film. Yeah. By far. Just, I know that's kind of damning with faint praise, but uh, he's not. Even even he says that he's not a very good director. Um, but. It's his most kind of heartwarming film. It's the film that basically everyone all started to take notice of a certain Ben Affleck. Yeah. This was the film that put Ben Affleck on the map. Yeah, yeah. Um, is he playing the same character? Is, is Ben Affleck in Clerks? No. But he's playing. No. Is, is, he, is he playing the same character as he does in another of the Kevin's? Uh, yes. Yeah. He played this cameo, this character again as a cameo in. I think it was Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, obviously, so he was have, in Dogma. Have, he was in Dogma after this, obviously, but that's yes. a different character. I've, I've seen Clerks a long time ago, so I can hardly remember yeah. it, but I have yeah. seen it. And um, yeah. I have seen Dogma. That's the only right. two Kevin Smith films I've seen. Yeah. Um, well, if, you, if, you, if you like Dogma, you'll, you'll, you'll pre- I guarantee you'll prefer. He's always one that I've meant to check out. I, and, yeah. you know, oh, actually, I've also seen um, Kevin Smith's Masters of the Universe. Revelation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've watched, I've watched the first couple of episodes. It's, I thought it was actually good. really good, even yeah, though, yeah. to the contrary of some fanboys who still think yeah, that uh, He yeah. Man should be the same thing as it was in the 80s. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Let's not the, go only there. Thing, the, only, the only thing I'll do, yeah, sorry, yeah, the only thing I'll do, miss, is just Skeletor. And I'm like, yeah, you're complete boob. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I do miss that. But then again, it's Mark Hamill voicing Skeletor, yeah. so fine, yeah. I'm fine with that. Um, but yeah, it's, Kevin Smith films kind of came into my life at the, the right, perfect time, really. I was like, I don't know, 17, 18, being around a friend's house, um, you know, 
kind of teenage house parties and um he he was like right we're gonna put a film on i was like okay he was like have you seen clerks i was like no he was like okay i think you'll love it it's yeah. full of star wars references yeah and it's, it's brilliantly kind of wittily written i was like okay fine and yeah hour and a half later i was just like man this guy can write dialogue. Yeah, okay. I know you've always this is been cool. a fan. I know you've always. Yeah, been a fan. The, the early stuff, not you know, uh, up to up to Clerks Two. Yeah. Um, you know, I it, well to say that the um, what was the film he made a couple of years ago with John Goodman? That was amazing. With um, the the kind of storm on the. Oh, I was gonna, I'm gonna have yeah, to Google, Google it. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, it was you know. I, 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 by, by this point, I think Chasing Amy had already come out. So um, I, I got I got my friend to do me a copy of his copy of Clerks. I remember having that on VHS. And then I went to see, I, I, then saw More Rats and then saw Chasing Amy. Then I went to see Dogma in, in the cinema when it came out like a year later. And those first four films, it's kind of like a linear story going through them all. They call it like the, uh, the View Askew universe. Yeah. It's all set in the same town. Yeah. Um, reoccurring characters, obviously Jan, Silent and Bob, and yeah. uh, you know the guys that work in the convenience stores and stuff like this. Um, but there's just something about this film. I don't know if it's because it was the third one that he made, and he knew what he kind of wanted. You know, he, he knew the characters inside out. I think it's so smartly written and it's so heartfelt about you know the story of you know the fellow artist who he falls in love with um but she's she's gay um so she's kind of thwarted by her own sexuality um and the disdain of his kind of best friend uh banky um who also has his own misgivings about himself and it's just it's just so beautifully kind of told and shot it's just got a really really good heart to it it was a film I always used to put on when I was having a, I was struggling with, I don't know, mental health or having a bad day, having a bad yeah, time. Yeah. And it always, and it still makes me feel kind of warm and squishy. Yeah. Inside whenever I watch it now. And it's, it, it's, 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 it's funny. Cause like, you know, Kevin Smith always said he would never go back and, and do more of these kind of movies, you mm. know, but like last week, I think it was his 50th birthday or 55th birthday, yeah. something like that. And he started filming Clerks 3 Yeah. yeah. last week. So. And he did know. just say that Jay and Silent Bob reboot came out, yeah. was it, last yeah. year, which yeah. was, didn't get great reviews, did it? Yeah, so. it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't very good. It wasn't very good. I mean, you know. Um, I know because some of his it, recent films, you don't even hear, don't even know what they are because they don't no, get any release or anything like that. No, but, no. Um, but yeah, you know, he'll always get a kind of pass because he was, you know, quite an important filmmaker from my yeah teenage years. Yeah, and those yeah, yeah. those first four films, you know, Chasing Amy, uh, More Rats, Dogma, and Clerks. Yeah, yeah. And he's a great um, geeky commentator. He well. is. I like he's, his you know, channels he, and his and his yeah, things that he does. He's he's so yeah, good. He, he was, at he was one of the first guys to ever do a podcast series, like yeah. way back in like the late nineties, early noughties. Um, and you know, I obviously owned his own, still owns his own comic book shop in New Jersey. Um, you know, he's a massive kind of pop culture 
obsessive, like I am, like you are. Um, and, it and he was, always sees the good in films as well. You know yeah, how a lot always, of how a lot always. of people were were being quite. Um, you know, quite sniffy about the rise of Skywalker when it came out. Yeah, he did yeah. like a sort of a breakdown of what he felt of the film, and he's mm. always. I mean, you could argue, well, he's mates with J.J. Abrams, and he was loud, loud yeah. upset. So there's yeah. always going to be that. Yeah, but yeah. He, he he's fairly honest with stuff. He does, but he, he's fairly positive about everything. He is. He is. Uh, he is. He is. I mean, you know, he did this. Um, he did a fantastic. I guess you'd call it a reality show a few years ago. It was called Comic Book Men. It was kind of set in his comic book shop. You know, it's, yeah. He always seems to kind of get there almost before anyone else. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I mean, yeah. you know, kind of, you know, now there's just obviously reality shows for everything. But Yeah. Um, he sort of moved away, even though he is still directing films, he sort of yeah. moved away from that to be almost like this commentator sort of, yeah and, uh, yeah no yeah, yeah it has been but you know I'll, I'll always respect him i'll always be interested to see what yeah. he does next yeah um be, be, because of you know the name is so synonymous with my late teenage years yeah fair enough so um what number what number was that one that was number uh, uh 17 17 so number 16 yeah. number 16 is uh again we watched this um Last weekend, weekend before, because I wanted to, I wanted to sort of be sure where to have it in my list, and uh, yeah, it's 1995's The Usual Suspects. Oh, oh, that is a classic. I've seen that a fair mm. few times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, we're talking about divisive endings. Some people hate the ending to this. Okay, film. written by Chris McQuarrie, who we were talking about, yeah, does yeah, you know, directs yeah. Mission Impossible films now, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know that ending. That you know those last kind of five ten minutes, the realization, it's it's brilliant. I know it's a bit, oh, you know, can you talk about Kevin Spacey <laughs> these days, especially and, Bri- and Brian Singer? <laughs> yeah, 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 I know, right? Uh, but, is the thing know, is, it's where you draw that line, and it's separating art from the artist. Yeah, and you know, and, you've got other actors in it, you've got other makers yeah, that have made that film. There's no denying yeah, it's a good film. Again, so I think you know, the, you've got to sometimes. Yeah, you have, I mean, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's career best performances from Kevin Pollock, yeah. you know, it's the film that put Benicio Del Toro on the map, yeah, although yeah. technically you could say License to Kill License did that, kill but, did. you know. <laughs> I mean, um, my wife and I watched, I say, I was watching 90 films a couple of weeks ago, we watched LA yeah. Confidential, which is wonderful. a great film, oh, that's obviously got yeah. Kevin Spacey in the lead role, yeah. and it's, yeah. you, in the end, you sometimes just have to watch the film, yeah. you know, and, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, but it, it's yeah, I I love the, the kind of film noir kind of setup of it all. You know, um, it's brilliantly told. It's brilliantly written. Uh, you know the whole. I I always I'm you know what was this ninety five? I remember. You know, this is pre internet times really. I remember seeing posters. Uh, 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 like bus stops and things like this and train stations and all it said on it was who is Kaiser Soze and it was yeah. and I, I had no idea <laughs> what, what, what yeah, yeah 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 you know it's kind of it was my first experience of like viral marketing I suppose um and 
yeah, this kind of you know mythical crime lord Kaiser Soze, all made up by you know Kevin Spacey's character that you know just weaving this tale of you know deceit and lies you know from the notice board behind that guy and you know has has Kevin Spacey ever done anything close to this probably not I mean his character you know is that you know seven he's brilliant in seven yeah yeah it's only a brief um, it's actually only a brief part in seven really yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I would just, like I would say I think yeah, LA, 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 oh, yeah, LA is pretty good yeah um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, he plays often a very similar part, which sometimes a little bit yeah. sm- smarmy, which you sometimes wonder. Yeah. I yeah. think it's to show that he's probably a little bit like that in real life. But real I mean, life, you, <laughs> you think? You yeah, think? Yeah. But uh, there you um, go. But it's uh, it's a great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful, and it's you know it's a nineties, it's a 90s classic, another nineties classic. I think they've all been. There's been quite a few nineties classics already in my list, but. Uh, yeah, number 16, Usual Suspects. You know, you if you know, you know. It's, start, it's you know, wonderfully stylized film noir crime thriller. And that's a proper bit of me. It's one of those films that um, came out in the mid-90s, a little bit like um, Reservoir Dogs, um, yeah. uh, Shawshank Redemption. The Usual Suspects was one that possibly didn't do so well in the cinemas, yeah. but got this a bit of cult following when they yeah, came out on VHS and then eventually yeah. DVD. So I think that doesn't happen quite so much anymore. No, but, uh, no unfortunately but, not. Um, no. I think um, I think there was a sort of like a batch of films in the 90s that did that. And I think Usual mm. Suspects is one of them because one people wanted to, who had seen it wanted to go back and see it again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also people that, as you say, word of mouth were saying, yeah. when it comes out on video, you need to check out the usual suspects and that's where the sort of the the old rental market the old no. renting a video yeah. so, or dvd yeah. was so good because you went to the video so you go oh fancy that one whereas yeah. you wouldn't necessarily buy it just in case you wouldn't like it all that type of thing and yeah. films like reservoir dogs and mm. shawshank and that one usual suspects yeah. i think benefited yeah. from that massively massively that's really that's a really valid point um Right, so that's 16, Usual Suspects. What's your number 15? Number 15. Uh, right, we're uh, we're out of the 90s. We're into... And in the 80s. <laughs> and, and, in, and in the 80s. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, a, it's a, a, little, a little known kind of cult classic film from 1985, uh, Back to the Future. <laughs> Maybe you've heard of it maybe i mean obviously we haven't had it yet but it might no. feature so i think there might be yeah. one that we've just um snap oh yeah, <laughs> just yeah, matched yeah, up. yeah. <laughs> i mean you know i mean christ what can you say about back to the future as i said before it's a, per- um, in my opinion, it's a perfect it's pretty it's much perfect, perfect perfect film you know would <laughs> it's that whole thing is like you know would you call it a family film because essentially it <laughs> There's a bit of incest in it, yeah. <laughs> almost quasi, you know, allusions to incest. Well, well that's why yeah. Disney didn't want it. it I like, know, yeah, yeah, that's why um, I touch it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think the problem, I think the way that the film is made is so full of sort of innocence. Yeah, no, it is completely. I think completely. you just, you just completely, you completely yeah. goes over. It. I mean, I, did, you know, it, it went over my head until someone pointed it out, maybe in my early twenties, you know, and I was like, oh yeah, 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I about that. but one, but yeah. one nothing happens too. She she doesn't know, and that's part of no, the thing she doesn't know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. he's fully aware how wrong it is, so or yeah. weird it is more than anything. Yeah. So but it is, nothing it's... actually happens. So it, it, it's not, and, and he's and the part of it is putting he's trying to put his mum and dad together. That's part of yeah. the thing. So I think people sometimes look too deep into it. No, um, they do. They really do. I mean, but you know, you know, we were talking about um like perfect trilogies. Yeah. Uh, you know. You know, like, you know, Indiana Jones would have been a perfect trilogy. Yeah. You know, if it hadn't been for the fourth one, you know, <laughs> Lethal Weapon, Die Hard, whatever. Yeah. This is the perfect trilogy, yeah. really. Yeah. It is. Yeah. You know, I, I will not have a bad word said against either of the sequels. I think they're both brilliant. Uh, if, I could, uh, if, if, if I could have, you know, just it, for, for this place in really, I'm saying the first one, but really... It's all three. Yeah. This is essentially. I. 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 Clive, you could watch it as one film. Yeah. The first one is definitely one. the best. Um, yeah, it is. Especially as you, you they yeah. kept Crispin Crispin Glover's at the first one, and they sort of yeah. they couldn't have him for the second and third for various no. reasons. So. Yeah. So, um, the first one's definitely the best. I think it's one of those films that everybody likes, and yeah. you know, we would, um, mm-hmm. it's that perfect blend of genres because it's yeah. got. It's got it's, it's a bit of sci-fi, it's a bit of action adventure, it's got a romance in it, it's yeah. got kids, it's a um, teen film, school high school film. It's even a bit of a musical in some places. Yeah, yeah. there is a musical coming on the West End, um, yeah. and I think that's why that first one is perfect because it's got everything, all the castings perfect. Mm. Um, the second and third, second is much more sci-fi. Obviously, yeah. it's much more yeah. sci-fi. Um, yeah. and, but that sort of thought of going back, seeing yourself in the first, having the sequel go in the first one, I think is amazing. Yeah. And the third one brings, is a bit more of a blend of genres because it brings the Western in. Yeah, but true. they are perfect. Yeah, they are. It's, yeah, it's it's wonderful. I mean, I, I think if, you, if you'd asked me when I was, I don't know, in 1989 to do my top 20 films of all time, Back to Future 2, I think, was my would have been my favourite film of all time. <laughs> I know. I mean, that, that, that I think we were both the same, weren't we? That, yeah. that, that summer, it's, it's crazy looking back, right? We, I know we've spoken about it before, but that summer of 89, uh, you're Back to the Future 2, Batman, yeah. Last Crusade, yeah. Licence to Kill. Yeah. You know, it's be, you know, it's because of, you know, that summer, that's why you don't get bomb films in the summer until now. Allegedly, yeah, it was like the first <laughs> summer where the summer was absolutely packed with films. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, you know, it was the, ridiculous. The, there was I mean, more than that as well. Moment. You're not at the moment, but when we get back to normal, yeah. um, you know, 2019, yeah. 2018, 2019, you'd have a big blockbuster every week, and some yeah. do well, some fail. You know, whereas back in the 80s, it was more one a month, yeah. if that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that okay. year, it was bang, bang, bang. I actually think Back to Future Two came out in the Christmas. Because oh, did it? Yeah, three it, came oh, out in the summer. Okay. Three came out in the summer after. Ah, right. Okay. Um, okay. But that year was unbelievable, and um, mm. I can remember. I can remember being disappointed that it was only a little bit in the future of Back to the Future Two. <laughs> I thought I because because it, it you sort of thought the whole film was going to be in the future, but then it's not. But then yeah. when it started doing the thing, revisiting the first one, I just thought yeah. that just blew my mind because that was the first time I'd seen that with the time element and yeah, all that yeah. type of thing. But yeah. that first one is perfect. And I reckon we might, perfect. we might end up talking about it again at some I point. Think, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, I think, I do think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Number 14. Uh, this might be the other one that we have a snap on 
Maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah, I was, I was thinking, well, I remember, because this film passed me by at the cinema, and I remember you saying to me, mate, you need to see this film. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was being in Peterborough. Yeah. Uh, in, in the old Woolworths, yeah, at the bottom of Queensgate, you know, yeah. uh, and they had it there for, I don't know, the VHS used to be expensive, so it was probably about 13 quid or something, yeah, you know? yeah, and it, it just come out, and, and I was, I'm in an hour and about what I was going to buy, and you were yeah. like, well, you should buy that, just yeah. buy it, and I remember saying to you, yeah, but I haven't seen it, you, you, I'm really going to be, trust me, yeah. you will love it, <laughs> Ooh. The Fugitive. Oh, yeah. Yes, I do remember that, and you know what, yeah. that, yeah. That is literally a bubble. That was one of my on. Should uh, I didn't write it down. That is one of my honourable mentions. That almost yeah. made it. That almost yeah. made it. You know, for me, this is oh my. I I'm, I remember. Yeah, you saying to me buy it because I don't know. I was probably gonna be. I don't know. I was having an arm between that and I don't know a CD by yeah state, status quo or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, and I'm so glad you did, mate, because <laughs> I. I I can, I can remember. Yeah. I, I was thinking, oh, what's he gonna? And as soon as you you said the future, I remember yeah. quite clearly us doing that. Yeah. And you were yeah. really able to. No, I was going, no, just get it. Just yeah, get yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just get it. Just get it. And um, you know, for me, it's it's pretty much kind of the perfect cat and mouse kind of manhunt yeah. movie. Yeah. It's it's so well done. Yeah. It's brilliant. And like it's perfectly cast. Yeah. You know, Tom and Lee Jones, deservedly so. This is what he got his Oscar for. Yeah, yeah. His first Oscar, should I say. You know, um has Harrison Ford, you know, this is this is kind of my favourite Harrison Ford, right? The angry pointy Harrison Ford. You know, I like I like like Harrison when he's angry and pointy. You find that man. You find that lot he did that lot in the nineties with Jack Ryan. Yeah, which yeah, they're quite yeah. good films. There's two Jack Ryan yeah, films. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Get it with yeah. that. Air Force yeah. One, which is not another yeah. film that's not bad. That's he's a not, great film. He's, it's a great film. He's angry and pointy Harrison Ford. He did quite a lot of it. <laughs> he did. It was great though. It was brilliant. And um, yeah, uh, uh, Yorone Crab as as what turned out to be the baddie. You know, obviously. Yeah, yeah he's, he's much he's much better in this than he is in Living Daylights. Yeah. And I love Living Daylights. Yeah. 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 Um. And it, I mean, it got me into, you know, I, I, I didn't, I remember taking this home and, and watching the, the video and stuff. And I remember me, me mum saying to me, oh, that was, um, that was based on a, a 60s TV show. Yeah. And I was like, was it? Yeah. And around about, around that time, right, when the, when the film came out on VHS, BBC Two started showing the original TV series on oh, like a Saturday yeah. afternoon. Yeah, you know. I remember that, yeah. And, um, yeah, got, got massively into it and i remember reading an article about the fugitive and a, a supplement of a, of a newspaper or something uh talking about you know the, the the final episodes of the fugitive tv show for many many years held the record for the most viewed tv show in, in like u.s tv history up yeah. until i think the last episode of mash i think that's yeah, the only yeah, thing that's, yeah. that's beaten it even now it's still up there yeah, yeah. And but you know going back to the film, I think it's it's so well done. Like the train crash, all for real, yeah. not a blue screen in sight, kids. You know the whole kind of how he escapes. You know for you know from the results in 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 the in the train crash, like it's brilliantly done. And it's it, 
the whole bit where um, he escapes through the um, uh, the parade, yeah. you know, in Chicago and stuff. Yeah. Um, St. Patrick's Day parades so yeah. brilliantly done. Again, it's just tension, thriller. Even now, and obviously yeah. I know I've seen it hundreds of times, but I still I'm still kind of on the on no, the edge no. of my seat. It still excites me watching this. Now, film. Probably what it has over the TV series. Problem with a TV series like that is it can a TV series can get a bit frustrating because you just want to see the yeah. resolution of it because he's always yeah. trying to at least with the film you've got that yeah, just over two hour mm. and it's resolved and yeah, no, etc. Yeah. Um, yeah, another murder yeah. mystery in some yeah, respects. Another murder mystery. Yeah, it is, and I think it. And one of my favourite kind of taglines as well: a murdered wife, a one-armed man, an obsessed detective. The chase begins. Brilliant. And you know they did. Obviously, Tommy Lee's character uh, was so popular that they did a, a sequel, U.S. Yeah. Marshals. Not yeah. very good. Yeah. Not very no, good. it's not very good. I can remember. See, I can uh, remember. I, I didn't see that in the cinema. I can remember. Oh, I did. Yeah. I can remember really getting. It I, I, I bought the vid. I, I rented it. I rented the film. That was it. Um, and being a bit disappointed by it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was nice seeing Gerard. You know, it was nice seeing him playing Gerard again. Yeah. But you know, it's it it was it was a bit of a. It's a bit too similar. Yeah. It's exactly the same. You know, what else yeah. could you do? You no. Know? There's a couple of different twists to it. Um, yeah, you know, I think Robert um, Downey Jr. is the Robert bad. Robert Downey Jr., yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the Wesley but, Snipes is the fugitive, but yeah, it's the same thing, really. But it's not, you know, it's 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 not a passion. I, you know, I do generally think this is one of the best kind of action thrillers yeah. of all time, really. There's and this, often underrated as well. Yeah, and often, often overlooked and forgotten. Yeah. Came out in well, 93, yeah. um, and it was a massive hit. Um, it only yeah. beaten in the box office in the UK by Jurassic Park in 93. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, I, and I remember going to cinema to see it on a school trip. <laughs> really? Wow, OK. <laughs> a, an evening school trip to the cinema to see The nice. Fugitive. That's and all right. That's was, all was right. bucking around, and I moved because I wanted to watch the brilliant um and i thought it was uh i thought it was brilliant and i think i think it was one of those films that there was a few kids there ready to muck around but actually the film was so good they ended up not because it was such a good film you know so it wasn't like we went to something rubbish so we went to such a good film and i can remember absolutely loving it and as soon as it came out on video whatever that was then i was definitely getting it i was definitely getting it so uh, i'm glad i got you too Many many thanks for recognizing. I don't think I've ever thanked you for that. <laughs> for the fugitive. You know? Yeah, no. thank you, for, thank you for bringing the fugitive into my. Thank you for bringing <laughs> angry pointing Harrison into, uh, into my life. Because it's, it's it's yeah. unusual. It, it's often it be, sometimes you do. You just there's a film that you know you would like, especially when you're younger and you mm. just don't get to go to the cinema to see it. You know, it's different, you know, yeah. when you get older, you go when you want. But back in the day, yeah. you either have to go with a friend or your parents. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. And um, and sometimes, because that was one of those films that I think, I can't believe you haven't gone and seen that. You know, because no. it just, I just, yeah. it just one of the ones. But you didn't always have the, everybody, we didn't always have the chance. You, you know, some no, films. no, no. And I was living in, I was living in Ely at the time. Um, they had a little community cinema. Which we um, saw Groundhog Day in. We did. I saw, I saw, um. I remember going to, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, yeah. Even, it, I, I love Groundhog Day. That, that was a bubbling under film for me. Oh yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, I love Groundhog Day. It's my, it's my, you know, possibly my favourite Bill Murray film. I think. No, it's pretty good. 
I, I remember that little community cinema, the Maltings. I went to see, um, I went to see Wayne's World two yeah. on three consecutive nights. <laughs> you must have liked that one. <laughs> oh yeah, I did. Yeah, funnily enough, I did. It was like know. a barn, wasn't it? That cinema. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Remember, we it's, sat. I can remember we walked there. And it was a bit yeah. of a walk from the house. It was yeah. quite a trek. Yeah. Walked yeah. there, and yeah. we sat quite. It was set almost on the front row, but then there was quite yeah. a space screen before yeah, the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because the yeah, yeah, like the, the the seats kind of folded down from the wall. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yes. Like yeah, that. Yeah. You know that kind of terraced seating. Yeah. Because it was it was used for like functions yeah. and and you know like dinner parties yeah. and you know things like that. So yeah, that was uh, well, where are we? That was fugitive. Yeah, the fugitive. Yeah, that was what we were talking about half an hour ago. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah, number fourteen, the fugitive. Okay, so, so number thirteen. Number thirteen. Um, yeah. Staying in the 90s, possibly the same year. Yeah, it was the same year as The Fugitive. Wow. It's a good, it's a good year, 93. Mm. Really good year. It is, yeah. Um, and this is my second Michael Douglas film, actually. Um, yeah. Falling Down. Falling Down. Sorry, not dis- it wasn't Disclosure. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. That, that's, no spoilers, but that down. might be later. That <laughs> might be, uh, yeah. Falling Down. The Adventures of an Ordinary Man at War with the Everyday World. I remember seeing because it was... Um, yeah, this, this, this hasn't got a rating on it. It must be an American place. 18, a, 18. Yeah, I was going to say it was an 18. Yeah. Obviously, I didn't go and see it in the cinema. I remember all the trailers on telly, and I, I just remember thinking that was brilliant. Yeah. You know, but you know, you know, it, you know, be, being that angry guy in McDonald's because your food doesn't look like it does in the picture and all that. I was like, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's one of those films phone. that you look at it and go, "What is that an 18?" Because Die Hard's still yeah. an 18. And I, still, yeah. I look at that and think, I'm sure that would be in a 15 now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a couple of scenes. There's a scene where, where he goes to that army surplus shop that's run by the neo Nazi. Ah, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's, yeah, that's a bit, that's a bit dark and yeah. gnarly, that, that scene. I've seen um, Falling Down, but I, like a lot of, a few of yeah. films, it's only once and a while back. Yeah. There's, you know, again, just proves how much of, I think, an amazing actor michael douglas is you know the way it starts that opening opening credit sequence with all the all the cars jammed on the freeway yeah i remember that and, yeah yeah you know, um and then michael douglas just yeah it just breaks down gets out of his car and just starts walking you know a bit like a so, 90s taxi driver in some respects yeah kind of yeah 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 very much that kind of yeah like it was you know v- vigilante you know you never find out his name He's only known as kind of defense because that's his number plate. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, and yeah, every kind of like set piece scene where he goes from like um, going into the shop at uh, the start and you know crashing up the shop to like the you know the instances with the gang with the guys in the gangs mm. um, to like you know, the, the the phone booth to, to the, the bit on the golf course at the ends. Um, and that and that whole where everything kind of converges on on the pier at the ends, and then he, you know all of a sudden he has that realization that they're after him, and it's just like oh oh, and then he, he has the line like I'm the bad guy, yeah. I'm the bad person, and all of yeah, this, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, d- directed by Joel Schumacher, um, yeah, Robert Duvall, 
probably the best thing Robert Duvall's ever done. There's something very kind of, you know, it's, it's a very, I mean, it's very much a 90s film, kind of that kind of sort of fast-paced, kind of kinetic, kind yeah, of yeah. editing yeah. style that came in yeah. around this time. Everything started to look a bit like like an MTV video, you know, it's yeah, very fast-paced. Yeah. Joel fast Schumacher cuts. was a very yeah. sort of polished, that, that type mm. of director, wasn't he? Mm. Everything very, everything was very visual like yeah. you say, a bit like a music video. I mean, he's Batman. Yeah, certainly, certainly, yeah. <laughs> certainly yeah. Like yes, a bit. Um, yeah. But he did see, he's a strange director, Joel Schumacher, mm, because, mm. Um, as I said, me and my wife have been watching some 90s films. We haven't watched Falling yeah. Down. But one we had watched yeah. what, of his that he directed for, for a few years after that was A Time to Kill. Mm. Um, with um, so, um, Sandra, Bullock. Some, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock, Bullock yeah. Is actually the yeah. main lead but she's not actually yeah. in it that much the, the main lead is Matthew McConaughey in one of his mm-hmm. first roles and it's got a great cast it's got both yeah. of the Sutherlands Keith and Donald yeah. Sutherland well, yeah. um, Kevin Spacey is in it as a yeah. army yeah. lawyer snarmy yeah. uh, <laughs> really um, yeah. Yeah. but it's a, it's a great it's a great film and Joel Schumacher did that and it's mm. a really mm. good thriller uh, yeah, yeah. Jackson's one of the main parts in it um, and He's a strange director, Joel Schumacher, because mm, he sort mm. of did lots of different things and lots uh, of different things, yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, very much kind of a director for the times, I guess. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, falling down, Michael Douglas, wonderful, and it was the inspiration to uh, um, uh, a big, a big top ten hit by Iron Maiden as well. Their song <laughs> called uh, "Man on the Edge." Yes, I know the one. Is it, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all about because the chorus goes falling down, falling yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, all the lyrics are about. Oh, that film. So, uh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. It's one of my one of my one of my favourite nineties maiden songs. So there you go. Cool. <laughs> so we've got um, that was number thirteen. It certainly was, mate. Yep. Number twelve. Number twelve. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think this is the only. Yeah. Uh, no, no, oh, no. I've had, I've had chasing Amy. If you could call that a comedy, I suppose. We were talking about, you know, you said you yeah, yeah. have a, you know, a ten ear for for comedy. You're not, yeah, like, not funny. You're not, not <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not funny. Am I laughing? Not no. Funny, no. It, therefore, yeah. it must people, be crap. But people go, you must be. It's, this is so funny. Watch it. It ain't. It ain't. Um, anyway, <laughs> I, I like Airplane. I like the Naked yep. Gun films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Anchorman. Uh, you like slapstick I, then? Um, yeah, but. Yeah, I like I like the first Austin Powers. The other ones yeah, I got yeah, a bit nah, annoyed with. Nah. Um, so that yeah, I, I do like comedies, yeah, but I'm not mad. Yeah. I'm not mad okay. at them. I don't know why. I like things with comedy in them. Um, right. Yeah, but not just an all out. No, I'm I, kind of the same. I find I find American comedies get a little bit annoying. So the things like um, well, it's, well American Seth Pie Rogen and stuff like that. Seth Rogen. Yeah. T- I, I used to actually I used to did, did used to really like American e- Pie. Everyone liked. But, but again, I the sequel's kind of... You know. actually think, actually, not as good as I remembered them. I think that yeah. happens a lot with those type of comedies of the yeah. time. I prefer <laughs> things like the UK version of, of The Office. I would go off films. UK version of The Office. I like Ricky Gervais stuff. I always have yeah. done. Uh, Blackadder, especially <laughs> that fourth one. Amazing. Uh, only Fools and Horses. Yes. Love Wait, those yeah, but basically British TV comedy. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the one that Jenny and I watched recently on Apple TV, Ted Lasso, yeah. it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah? It's, okay, I've heard um, 
It's um, basically it's Jason Sudeikis, who is an American comedian. He there's this woman who's who's like in charge of this football club, Richmond FC, who are in the Premier League, and she literally she's had enough of running the football club. And to get back at her husband, who's left her, she basically thinks, right, I'm going to get us relegated. Right. And she brings in this American football coach and he's thinking they know nothing about football, which they don't. I'll bring them in to manage the team. There's all this massive shot. And you know how sometimes you think, right, he's going to be like a Ricky Gervais type character, annoying, cringeworthy, but he's not. He's this really nice bloke in it. And he gets them all to start pulling together. They eventually do get relegated, but it is brilliant. I cannot stress how brilliant this is. Even if you didn't like people didn't like football, um, if you could check out, I mean, obviously we we got the Apple TV because I bought a new phone last year. I got a year's worth free, and then Jenny's bought me another year's worth free. But you can just get it for a fiver for a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One month because it's got a few okay things on there. The morning show with um, Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon is really good. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. also this thing about this young detective, this sort of girl detective called Home Before Dark is really good as well. Oh, okay. um, this Ted Lasso, I guarantee you'd like it. It's not like a laugh out loud comedy, no, no, but yeah. it is brilliant. And the second series is just starting. So we're going to wait till they're all, because they drop them once a week. So we're going to wait till okay. they're all together um, to watch it. I think you'd like it. I can guarantee, oh. I, 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 I could not see why anybody wouldn't like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those Check ones. It Check it out. Ted Check it out. Yeah, I think you'd like it. All right, nice. Anyway, so number 12. Uh, my number 12. Uh, so, yeah. Um, it, it is a comedy, but with a touch of the kind of feel-good melancholy that Chasing Amy had. I think this might be the same year as Chasing Amy, uh, 1996, 97. Certainly one of the coolest films of the 90s. And yeah, kind of where John Favreau and Vince Vaughn started. Uh, oh, I know what you're saying. Swingers. Cracking film. Yes. Great. Vince Vaughn yeah, when he did good it, films. Yeah, Vince Vaughn <laughs> when he was funny. Vince Vaughn yeah. when he was cool. Yeah. You know, you know, um, uh, John Favreau when he was thin. <laughs> I guess you know um yeah just hip hilarious f- so funny so cool um just quote what you know me and friends of mine we still quote lines from it now yeah you yeah. know no, it's a great film yeah you know you look in money vegas baby yeah. you know you, you know um it's it just it's funny it's heartbreaking you know yeah, you know, Mike, the character John Favreau plays, just you know, is unable to kind of get over his girlfriend. Yeah. We've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, try, you know, Vince Vaughn plays Trent, just is fast talking, wisecracking mate. You know, trying to get him out of that rut. Yeah. And yeah. It, no, it's it taught a- me a lot. It taught, taught me a lot about dating. Yeah. <laughs> Let's right. put it that way. And Doug Lyman directed it, didn't he? Yep, he did. I mean, he's he he's had a strange directorial mm. career. Right? Yeah, yeah. Talk about up and down. Some of his films yeah. are absolutely brilliant. Some of them have been right bad ones. But yeah. Swingers, yeah. 
it, that was one of the ones that I saw at uni, and we'd rent. Yeah. We had an we had a nice. It's very room. much a, it's a uni, uni film. film. Yeah, That's all the time. Isn't it? Yeah. We rented it out. Uh, me and two of my mates, and we sat there and watched it. And all three yeah. of us thought it was brilliant. We yeah. loved it, especially one of my mates. He thought he absolutely yeah. loved it. And then yeah. a few years later, when we we're out, when we finished uni, one of my mates split up with someone, and that mate who loved it posted yeah. him the DVD. Oh, see, you see, watch this. Yeah, watch this. yeah. Again, yeah. or because he was there originally, but watch this again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Swingers is amazing. Swingers is amazing. It's a really, what, really yeah. good film. Um, I haven't seen it in such a long time. I've got the DVD of it. I haven't okay. seen it in such a long time, but I, I need to go and have a watch of it because it is, and it's not too long as well. You know, no, sometimes no, those yeah. type of films sometimes can be too long, but sometimes a comedy or a film like that, 90 minutes, mm. get it is just the right length. I think it's Perfect, about 90 yeah. minutes, isn't it? Yes, but yeah, 96 minutes to be yeah, exact. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, it's, and it's also in colour, according to this, which <laughs> is good to know. Yeah, yeah. But to um, know, great film. Doug Lyman, I think, is it's made some great films, like The Bourne Identity. Mm. Yeah, Tomorrow. exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. American yeah. Maid's a good Tom Cruise film as well. Yeah. It? Yeah, it's um, yeah, a great yeah. film. And then great he's film. directed that strange films like Looper. That's Doug Lyman. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, that's not chaos, not chaos Walking that came out recently, not in the cinemas, obviously, with um, Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley, which had mixed mm-hmm. reviews. So he's very up and down, Doug Lyman, but Swingers yeah. is one of his, if not his first film. And it's yeah. great. It feels very much like a John Favreau film, though. I know it he does. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it, it reminded uh, John Favreau did that film a few years ago called Chef. Yeah, yeah. It reminded me so much of Swingers. Yeah, I bet it did. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. And yeah. and in Chef uses a lot of the people he used in some of his big blockbusters in it yep. as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had an interesting career, John Favreau, because he, 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 really he turns up often as cameo parts in a lot of Vince Ford's yeah. bad comedies. And yeah, then, yeah. Well, uh, he, he was in Friends as well, wasn't he? He was Monica's yeah, yeah. boyfriend in Friends, wasn't he? So, yeah, yeah, and then he does, you know, he goes and directs some of these blockbuster films, sort of, a, I know. you know, with some of the Disney ones now as well, and, yeah. you know, Showrunner of the Mandalorian and yeah. and all that. Yeah. He's had a, a – and, and Vince Vaughn, when he can – some of his comedies, like Wedding Crashes, I think that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but also around that time, Vince Vaughn was in Jurassic Park 2. The Lost yeah. World, playing a, a straight, serious part. Yeah. And uh, yeah. as I said, we were watching 90s films. Jurassic Park 2 is one that we have watched. Oh, and it's almost odd watching yeah. Vince Vaughn in a straight Yeah, film. yeah, it is. Jurassic Park 2, though, is, it's not a good film. It's it's not one of Spielberg's best. Um, no. But it's The bit in where, is it the second one? Or the, no, it must be the third one I'm thinking of, where the Winnebago is hanging off the edge of the yeah, cliff. That's the second and the, one. Is that a second where he's on the glass and you see the glass yeah, start yeah. to crack? That is, that that is brilliant. Good. That's yeah. great. But um, one good scene doesn't make a, nah, a film. No, the actual really. second book wasn't is nowhere near as good either. No, it's and it actually it's follows it quite closely, apart from yeah. the ending. So, yeah. um, um, and I saw Vince Vaughn in Freaky, which was a horror film that came out this year. Mm. Okay. Um, and he's still, he's, he's, he's still acting then. Oh, yeah, Vince enough. Vaughn, is, and he plays the serial killer and the twist of this of this oh, okay. a twist of this um horror film is that something happens so there's this young girl 
serial killers kill some people, much like Scream. It starts much like Scream. And he nicks from this house when he kills these kids this knife. Now, this knife is a magical knife. So when he kills... So then he's going around stalking people around this high school. When he kills... As he's killing this girl, this lightning hits this knife and they swap bodies. That sounds like that. What was that Judge Reinhold film with uh, uh, yeah. Fred Savage? Well, that's why it's called Freaky. They want, he wanted to right. call it, director wanted to call it Freaky Friday the 13th. Oh, oh Freaky Friday, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the other one. There was loads of them. It's just called Freaky. Um, right. And so obviously Vince Ford's then now playing a teenage girl. Wow. And she's okay. the serial Now then she's the serial killer. It is, I tell you, you'd love it. I reckon you would love it. And yeah, Mr. okay. Mr. Yeah. has also done another two films that you uh, you may not have seen, where he blends these genres: Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day Two. Oh, I think I've, I've seen Happy Death Day. Yeah. Happy Death Day is really good. Happy Death Day Two literally goes back to the future too. That's all I've oh, got really? to say. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so. Uh, I think uh, check check when you can. It haven't long been to cinema freaky, so it's probably not able even out to stream or anything yet. Well, you probably get find it somewhere, but it's yeah, yeah. it came out at the end of last year in America. Only released over here because of COVID stuff. Yeah, but yeah. you would watch Happy Death Day again because I think his his name the director Christopher Landon, I think his name is. But Uh-oh. what I'm trying to say is Vince Vaughn is. The most fun Vince Vaughn has been in this freaky because he's playing this and he's he's a big old man, Vince Vaughn. So yeah. he plays a serial killer really well. Yeah. You know, yeah. strong serial killer, but then he has to play this girl <laughs> and he has to try to convince his friends that it's oh, it's me. It's me. I'm not the <laughs> it's really, it's really, you'll like it. Honestly, you'll like right, it. Right. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. He's, he's, had, he's a strange one, Vince Vaughn. He's had some yeah. strange films. Um, he was good. He was good. He was good at True Detective a few years ago. Yes, of course. Yeah, was yeah. Two, wasn't yeah. it? I, yeah, I enjoyed him in that. Uh, so series um, two was quite so good as the first one, was it? But, no, uh, no, yeah, when yeah, the yeah, series rolling. He can do it. That's the thing. But yeah. I think the Wedding Crashes. I think Wedding Crashes was one of the early ones that started that off when he just plays these in these comedies. Yeah. Um, and plays that sort of same type of role, but Swingers is a great film. Yeah, it's classic, uh, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. And it's, it's where my love of bowling shirts came from. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, number 11. Yeah. Um, back to the 70s. Okay. Hooray, bit of a jump. Uh, 19, oh, blimey, 71. Um, pretty much a perfect 99 minutes. Um, won all the Oscars that year. Yeah. Possibly the greatest cop film ever made. Oh, yes. The French okay. Collection. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I know you've always liked this one. Always liked the French Collection. I love the, se- the sequel as well. I love. Yeah. So technically, I'm putting both of them. At <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, one of the best openings to a film ever, uh, ever I think. You know, kind of quite a sort of shocking kind of point blank murder in yep. Marseille. Yep. Um, the greatest chase sequence where he's chasing the, the train and he's driving underneath the railway tracks that are just, and like all done for real. You know, he did like, you know, fr- freaking freaking William freaking is my favorite director. Yeah. Of all time. 
Yeah. Bar none. Um, I love that kind of, because obviously he came from like a documentary film background and you can tell with yeah. this. Yeah. He is in the back seat of that car when it's yeah. hurtling along at 80 miles an hour, 80, 90 miles an hour with a little camera. That's him, yeah. you know. Even The Exorcist uh, feels like it at times. Yeah, no, it does. It does. You know, a lot of his films do, you know, to, uh, was it uh, To Live and Die in L.A.? Um, and it, it's just, he's an, an incredibly amazing, you know, I don't want to go on too much because uh, there are more freaking films coming. Right. <laughs> um, I think, you know, the, the, the pairing of Gene Hackman and Roy Scheider, because it's based on a true story. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's brilliantly done. The whole kind of again a cat and mouse thing, like the fugitive, you know, you know the French drug dealer, const, you know, consistently kind of outsmarting Hackman. The scene on the on the underground railway station where they're both kind of getting on and getting off yeah. the subway train is g- absolute genius. I have to uh, watch that again. It's been a long time since I've seen that. I don't think I've seen the second one. Oh really? No. Uh, it, 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 it kind of follows it on. It follows on from the first one. It's set about a year later. Gene Hackman, he goes to Marseille. Yeah. He's had a lead. Yeah. To find it because, oh, you know, spoilers. <laughs> um, Charnier escapes at the end. You know, yeah. the, the way this film ends is like, you know, you hear a bullet fire and the screen just goes black and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I like, yeah, just Hackman as Popeye Doyle, one of the great kind of. 70s anti-heroes yeah he's so good gene hackman because he can, oh, play, that, he can play serious really well but he can also do comedy great yeah. as well as i've been yeah. talking about earlier with superman he's lex Luthor. he plays it comic um, yeah, but he's so good at that sort of comic yeah, yeah. menacing yeah. type of yeah. thing when he wants to be yeah. he's yeah. really good yeah oh he's just yeah incredible everything about i mean yeah well he won best picture best actor best director best screenplay and best film editing yeah. The, uh, the 71 Oscars. Cool. Yeah. And yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, pretty much a perfect, perfect, perfect movie. And I highly recommend watching the second one as well. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to catch up on them. Um, so that's your 20 to 11. So what we'll do is we'll both quickly run down our 20 to 11. So um, my number 20 was Inception. Uh, 19, Die Hard, 18, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, 17, Moulin Rouge, 16, Superman, 15, Saving Private Ryan, 14, Batman Begins, 13, Avengers Infinity War, 12, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and at number 11, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Um, And what's your list so far? Uh, All right, mate. Uh, Number 20, uh, Don't Look Now, 19, Magnolia. 18, The Game, 17, Chasing Amy, 16, The Usual Suspects, 15, Back to the Future, number 14, The Fugitive, 13, Falling Down, 12, Swingers, and number 11, The French Connection. Well, I think we've got a very, a very different... <laughs> I've gone for spectacle. There's no doubt about yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, I've, got, I've gone for gritty realness. 
So that's the first part of this quite mammoth podcast. I've just uh, we've just literally got to the top ten. So um, thank you for listening to Music of Film Saves the World podcast. This is me and Gareth Jones um, doing our top twenty films, and the next one will be our top ten. So we'll just do it exactly the same format. I'll do my ten. Gareth will do his ten, and um, we'll just uh, talk about. Uh, random stuff like we have today so (laughs) thank you for listening and we'll speak to you next time cheers bye-bye